0: This is Flyperbole, with Steve Jacot, and Craig Forsythe. Two guys who just wish they had a gate in Toronto that they could go up to and Yell shoot at the Flyers, like Phillies fans get to do. It's just not fair. Welcome to 2020. A year with a horrible pandemic that's left everybody quarantined inside and losing their goddamn minds. Just a hellacious hellscape of a year all around. And also a year in which the Philadelphia Flyers, the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers themselves, are... A respected and good hockey team?
1: It's weird. Doesn't feel right. I don't think that's correct. I don't think that's happening right now.
0: Is that what's going on, though? The Flyers are right now... (laughs) We sit here (laughs) as we record on Thursday evening, August 6th. The Flyers are in a position... So I think the lowest they can finish right now is in the top two in the Eastern Conference... And they might actually be the top seed because of this round robin. Yep.
1: So all things considered, uh they they get to choose their destiny, or whatever weird way you want to put that when it comes to their playoff positioning. They just gotta win on Saturday against the Lightning. In any way, regulation, overtime shootout, and they are the one seed in the Eastern Conference, which is I mean, wild. Just fucking wild. Uh I it's definitely a possibility. We talked about how how much of a uh, beneficial position they were in being the four seed here. But still, to go, if they go 3-0 and in the round robin against the other three top teams in the conference, I think that's I think that's worth paying attention to. It's been a pretty good start here. <laughs> These first two games have been pretty damn good. They've looked pretty good, and they've gotten wins. Um, I, I don't know. I feel pretty confident about uh, Saturday's game, too. I don't know how you're feeling, Steve, but today was pretty dominant. They took care of the Caps pretty easily today.
0: Well, the big thing that's really striking me about what the Flyers are doing right now is that they're just defensively sound. They're limiting chances. They're they're tight in the defensive zone. This is just this is so crazy to watch, especially after the last few years of Hackstall, Baruby, and Laviolette hockey. It's just it, it's it's Real almost weird. the antithesis. Yeah, that.
1: it really is. It's really weird. And speaking of that, the Caps had 17 shots today. They had 17 shots today. I don't think they had any second chance opportunities. Uh, and the only real dangerous chance that I think Elliot was counting on to make was a Jacob Brown, a breakaway in the, in the third period, second period. Yeah. So, I mean, he, the AV's, got, the AV, AV's got him playing defense and they're four checking well. And it's just effective, systematic hockey where it feels like, and we saw it today where it actually feels like if you put the next man in, the team's not going to miss a beat. And we saw that in the bottom six today. I think some of us were a little uh, hesitant about looking at some of the bottom uh, six lines there. It was, um, what was it? Um, blah, blah. Oh, I'm missing in the notes now. But Farabee came in. It was Farabee, Thompson, and uh, Pitlick for the fourth line. And then, uh, no, it was Fairby, grant, Fairby, grant, and N.A.K. grant Grant, and N.A.K. had three rushes, uh, chances on the rush today, where they were setting each other up. They're going to easily have one or two goals uh, come off the stick of Farabee, but Fairbairn, who hasn't played, who hasn't played meaningful hockey since March, came in, filled in for JVR, and then playing bottom six minutes was it still able to get chances at five on five. He even looked good on the power play too. Um, it's just, I don't know. The Av's the AV system is working, and the team has bought in, and it's just completely different than what it was they, even last year. They, it's just insane how much this team has changed in one season. <laughs> and really, there's no... And can you yeah. say?
0: Can I emphasize enough how insane it is that Scott Lawton Scott is an Lawton, offensive yeah. dynamo for this team? Scott yeah. Lawton, who this podcast hilariously <laughs> got criticized for one time, just suggesting that he might be able to fill in for a couple games at two C. Yeah. I um, is now a legitimate, like at least the way he's playing right now is a legitimate top six I, winger for this team.
1: Yeah. And I mean, he's not, He's usually a center, but he's been working fine on left wing, and I know that hasn't been like a dead set thing with Lawton over the years, but he looks fine in the top six. Him, uh, Hayes and Connecty, I mean they killed it today, man.
0: I mean that Connectney pass to, oh my God. to Lawton to set up that the first goal was just something else. Yeah, it
1: was I that whole play was nuts and that play was created from a Hayes turnover and then this goal at uh, four and four, four and
0: three, I think it may have been. But that
1: was all Hayes patience setting up uh, sandheim comes to a nut and then the oh
0: my God what an incredible yeah. goal that was like sandheim with just the poise of a scoring winger himself <laughs> yeah. there yeah like you would have if you never saw Travis sandheim play before and you just saw that goal you'd say wow that guy's a good winger it's... no he's yeah he's a defensive his
1: his anticipation like his anticipation in uh in route to just a pass in the first two games has been ridiculous he had that interception of uh the, there's a loose puck in the uh, the zone for the raffle goal in the first game. They just stepped up and, and created a chance on, and they did it again to today. He's just uh, His anticipation uh, when the Flyers have the puck is just, I don't think teams expect it from a defenseman. I don't think they expect him to jump no. up as much, and I don't think they're used to the speed and uh, hands he has once he has the puck. It's pretty, it's just all, and even the third goal so going back to Konechny, the connecting line was just three ridiculous passes from all the forwards on uh, Hayes, connectney Lawton. So that line right now, sure. if the top line, like the top line today really didn't exactly uh, kill it. They had a lost a shot attempt battle 4 to 7, lost a shot battle 1 to 4. Uh, expected goals 4 percentage in the low 20s. Uh, broke even in goals, though, so they didn't lose the goal battle. But uh, pretty much Verana, Baxter, Minoshi did pretty well against them today. And honestly, like, I, I don't, if there's any chances you can remember, Steve, but the biggest chance the Caps have was. It was an end to end opportunity where Verona just cut through the middle of everybody. It was the top line and the top pair, but that, that was the only chance it came against them. But everything else was very. I don't like Elliot really wasn't called upon that's to do That's the lot. great thing about depth. Yeah. No, it really like is. That's
0: what. That's the biggest thing the Flyers have lacked over the last few years is depth, like, especially at, on offense. Like, when we're talking about. The last time we talked about Flyers playoff hockey no, on this podcast. <laughs> I another infamous moment. I infamously offered to buy a Valteri Filpula Irish O Philpula Flyers mm-hmm. jersey. If the Flyers came back in that series and he played a significant role, and he I almost, did. almost ate my words because Filipula <laughs> had the game of his life against the Penguins yeah, and, I, five, yeah. and they actually won that game. I couldn't, I was <laughs> holy shit, I was pricing it out and everything, but it didn't happen. Thankfully, I mean, I wanted the Flyers to win that series. Yeah. Believe me, I gladly would have bought that jersey, but it, it was just unbelievable. But that's how bad their depth yep. was. They were using Filipula. They shouldn't have been. No. That was a dumb hackstall move, but. They were using Philpula as two C, and it's it was insane. It made no sense, and to see Kevin Hayes in there, and not only contribute offensively, but every little thing this guy does defensively, is all I've wanted from a Flyers two C <laughs> since I don't know the beginning of this millennium. Yeah. It's it is kind of nuts. Cre- I mean, they had they actually had good depth back in like 2010, 2011. When you had Carter, Richards, Priere, Yeah, the very had early had a lot going on. part like, of this decade. Yeah,
1: Technically speaking, they did have some talent earlier this decade,
0: I guess. But still. Yeah. It feels like a long time, though. It's been a while. Yeah. It's it, it been a while. It, it's just like, Case <laughs> does all these things, though, that I have wanted Flyers to do for so long. Like, watching this guy on the penalty kill, watching him dominate the possession game and hold on to the puck just a little bit longer to kill the clock hmm. all those little things are just so freaking great yeah
1: and they his style of play works really well against these bigger heavier teams like the caps and the bruins because he can do shit like he just did on the Sandheim play where he's able to hold on to the puck like he's a guard in basketball is pretty much what it looks like and he's just kind of waiting for something to develop and then he just lobs it into open space or the, like that that entire Sandheim play, was just Caused by Hayes holding on to the puck, waiting for, like, waiting it out until something broke, and then once it did, just hit him in stride. And to, to get to your point about depth, like, it's funny, uh, have we talked, have we mentioned Drew's name at all in these first two games? Two very meaningful games, and he's done things in these two games, he just hasn't put points on the board. Uh I feel like...
0: Sounds like somebody doesn't deserve his seat. <laughs> exactly. It sounds like, if, sounds like it sounds Drew's back.
1: sounds like uh, maybe the depth, uh, you know, when they held up their end and actually put forth the same effort that the other teams, you know, bottom half of the lineup does, it looks like uh, the Flyers can actually compete. So maybe for all these years, it wasn't Drew not doing enough. Maybe it's because, quite literally, like we've been screaming on this fucking podcast for years, he hasn't had help. So now that he's had help, look at this. The Flyers are good. He hasn't been lighting up the scoreboard. He's only gone about and done his job. Like in the first game, the Couturier line shut down the perfection line, whatever the fuck they're calling him in Boston. So no goals for – like the Flyers' top line didn't score, but the Bruins' top line was pretty much non-existent in that game. And then today, lost the possession battle, but still held a top six line for the Capitals in check, didn't produce, and didn't give him any opportunities. So if the death is going to go out there and be the difference on the scoreboard, I have no, I have no issues with the top six holding their own, and I mean the the second line though right now is they're they're doing a little bit of both. They're putting up goals and and shutting down teams at the other end. So hey,
0: if that Couturier line is shutting guys down, shutting down the top units, know, the likes of Bergeron and Marchand yeah. and and Pasternak, like yeah, they can do whatever as long as somebody else down further in the lineup is taking advantage well, of that, and that's what's happening. Yeah. Well, and and we we also saw this a few years back when Giroux first moved to wing under hackstall where i saw the the opposite of this, this where the problem really lie, laid where uh the couturier Giroux voracek line was boom or bust mm-hmm. they would go out and they would completely dominate games oh God, but yeah. then when we would have a team that could actually shut them down defensively the flyers had nothing else they'd have the honeybee line that fourth line mm-hmm. come out and like, yeah yeah, they win the possession battle and went to Jack shit beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> like, right, you know, like they they couldn't fit they couldn't finish. They yeah, couldn't finish. Fair. I mean, yeah, that's That's fair. a problem though. Like it, you have like two meh to bad lines. You have a a pretty good fourth line, but they don't score and you have a great first line that's getting shut down. Yeah. That's a problem. And that's what was happening and that's the death problems we've seen uh, time and time again under I would say just uh, the entire Drew captaincy, really. Yeah.
1: yeah, And I mean, it's even looking at, so like today's game too, going off your point, uh, the, the bottom line was Connor Bunneman, Nate Thompson and Tyler Pitlick today. Uh, they weren't primarily up against, or at least not when I looked at the numbers briefly, they didn't primarily go up against Wilson cause cause Nets off and Ovechkin, the cap's top line, but they spent a good chunk of time against that line today. And that fourth line for the flyers finished with, uh, Won the shot attempt battle six to four, led shots three to nothing, had a ninety five point ninety six expected goals 4 percentage, and broke even in the goal goals battle. So they didn't win the goals battle, but they still took it to the top line of the Cavs when they were out there. That shit, that like that that was the narrative around like the Vandeveld and the Bellmars of the world when they were here was you got to put them out there because they're going to shut them down. And then it didn't happen, or like they would highlight plays where they stopped them once or twice on like an offensive rush, and then the rest of the game was just. The flyers like hoping to survive living in the defensive zone, but like this is actually today was uh, the fourth line actually going out and making sure that a, a calf's top unit didn't get any type of chances for. So that's a that's the type of shit that just wasn't here for teams in the past and stuff like NAK, like a player like NAK. I don't. I think everybody's in love with NAK right now, right? Or they fall in love with NAK over the season. It's really hard to hate his The day.
0: NAKGB is yeah, out. Yeah, uh, they force, should be. Because I can't. Grab your hammer and sickle because the NAKGB is Yeah,
1: because, like, he'll have, like, sometimes his passing is a little suspect, but more times than not, he's making a play on the four check or is doing a little. He
0: had a pretty good one yeah, today. Yeah, he had a pretty he good good set up to... a goal. Yeah, he
1: had a bunch today. He had a bunch today. Yeah. I, I guess this would say, like, uh, every once in a while in the D zone, he kind of has, like, an empty pass. But, I mean, that's kind of like. I feel like you can say that about any forward that scores yeah. goals, but I mean, like he, no, he, he does everything of, else. Everything else he does. He's a
0: bit of a, a bruiser, you know, grinder. But like the fact that he's doing so much well, he, and for a Flyers team that isn't especially physical compared to previous Flyers team, he does bring I, some some great physicality.
1: Yeah, and I think I he's the ideal type of physical player I want on like on an NHL team right now because he is physical, but he's still quick. Uh, he's got a lot of speed and acceleration. He forechecks well, and he does well with the puck on his stick. And he's he always seems to be making the right plays. And there's a lot of I, there are a couple of rushes today, or a lot of a couple of plays today where he was just able to carry the puck out of the defensive zone by himself, where he's just eluding different caps. And that's the type of shit that wasn't there. This type of skills, a very simple thing like that, just. Didn't fill out the Flyers' roster like the last couple of years, and that guy is a guy that's regarded as a fourth liner. He's playing on the third line right now, but the Flyers have an injury and a, a power forward that apparently uh, you know needs to have a message he's sent a to spanking. him. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, usually he's on the fourth line. But I mean, Nak and Pitlick on the on the bottom six is those are the types of players you, you like to see in the postseason, or at least the way that's that's the of, important yeah
0: that's the important moves that. That Ron Hextall didn't bring no. to this club that Chuck Fletcher has been much better at, and we've made this comparison before, where you know Ed Wade couldn't put the Phillies mm. over the top because he could never quite find these guys, but then Pat Gillick came in and Pat Gillick was amazing at finding bullpen guys. God, wouldn't that be fucking nice for the <laughs> to find some bullpen guys? But Pat Gillick could find these bench guys, these bullpen guys, Matt Stairs, Joe frigging Blanton, just guys <laughs> you would not have expected that came out and just killed it and were great for that team and put them over the hump and the flyers under Ron Hextall. Yeah. They, they drafted pretty well and they cleared up a ton of cap space and that was all great. But Ron Hextall was just horrible at finding these bottom six yeah. guys, and you know, just looking at the Dale Weeses, the Philpulas, well guys that were brought in as part of these, yeah. these complicated yeah. cap deals, oh, no. but yeah, but weren't, probably weren't meant to be played but the coach he put in place was playing them a bunch and it was terrible and just to see the difference between having dale weiss down there having rj umberger down there (laughs) versus a a guy like uh like nak who's just well yeah doing his damn job it's a breath of fresh air it's great
1: i was gonna say the thing about nak too is even like going off that as well Hextall got in his own fucking way a lot of the time. NAK was his draft pick. It was the second draft pick he ever made here. And he was trying to put him in games in 2018-19. But then the coach he hired pretty much was like, "Mm, I don't know if he really deserves a lot of ice time right now. And I think he got like nine games where he averaged like five minutes a night. And then that was his only look while Hextall was with the organization. So like he had... That's why it was Hextall. I really think he could only draft and manage the cap. Well, like everything else felt like it was up in the air. I kind of still feel like that's what the organization needed a couple of years of, so then it could kind of propel them to here where they had some cap space to let a, I guess GM that can handle like the NHL levels go a little bit better. But, like, he... Yeah, like, I N.A.K. was here. N.A.K., obviously,
0: <laughs> because he was a Hextall guy, isn't the best guy. No, no, but I'm saying, like, uh, Pitlick, yeah, he just... I think, yeah. is a better... Pitlick is a very good one. ...better example. Because uh, uh, the, the moves that Chuck Fletcher's made that have really made this team better... Like, I very much doubted that Pitlick move because... I of, just didn't uh, see the point. Hartman yeah. was fine. Exactly. But, man, Pitlick's turned out great, and Kevin Hayes, a, a move a lot of us doubted. I think mm. most NHL fans doubted the I mean, Kevin Hayes move. yeah resounding success so far, and th- there's just little things he's done here and there. I mean, Justin Braun was a guy we we doubted. He's worked out well. Niskanen, huge doubt. Niskanen is he's worked the biggest out one. tremendous.
1: Yeah, I think for me, there was the Niskanen-Gudis trade, and I think a little bit of that came up, we because uh, we were talking about Gudis in the Slack today, because he had, that, <laughs> he had that fucking horrendous turnover on the first goal, but the Niskanen-Gudis one was the one for me, because that very much felt like Niskanen had a here last year. The Caps needed to clear out some cap space. It didn't feel, I didn't have a lot of confidence in them moving away from an aging veteran defender, trading in division for a guy that I'm pretty sure the Flyers were selling as a third pairing defenseman like that trade, the optics of that. Why would the caps make that deal just as is? And then, I mean, whatever he's come here and he's dominated and he's been a steadying force with Provorov on that top pair and they can't, I mean that top pair, I just mentioned the fourth line with, um, you know, Thompson and Bunneman and Pitlick, but it, they mainly did, they played with Roth and Niskanen today. So AV was able to throw out Roth and Niskanen with that fourth line at times against the Wilson Kuznetsov Etchkin line, and it worked out well for the Flyers. So the fact, like, to be able to get a guy that not only came in and is now in the top four, but on the top pair with you and is an actual NHL defender that like Prograf never had to work with is a huge, he, he pushed all the right buttons and I think, I mean, I know I was questioning a lot of them and I think a lot of that was just due to the fact of they kind of felt like the same old Flyers moves and I just, we had kind of been seeing how those Flyers moves have been working out. They felt like there were moves that could have definitely gone either way. Like there were reasons to believe they could have swung drastically in either direction and just with the way the Flyers have been the last couple of years, I was really hard pressed to believe and have faith that it was actually going to swing the right way. If that makes sense, it always like whenever you know you make that kind of trade between Niskan and Gutis, and you're like, well, maybe he rebounds, you know, logs a thousand minutes a night and is not, you know, an anchor on defense. That feels like something that wouldn't happen for the Flyers. It felt like it would have gone the other way, where Gudis was somehow snuck into being like a top four for them and was getting like borderline, like all star, like talk but instead it went the other and way. we got,
0: like, Mike Rathje the second. Exactly.
1: That's, like, I thought it was going to be like, oh, it turns out Niskanen's knee is uh, pretty fucked up, and he's never going to skate right again. Like, that's, like, that's what we got out of it. But instead...
0: Well, it's such a classic Flyers move there. I mean, it's yeah. the, the Adam Oates move. It's the uh, <laughs> aforementioned Mike Rathje, Darian Hatcher, you know, getting the guy yeah. at the end of his career, who's been really solid, but now he's a Flyer, so he's he's done. And also, like... Vinny LeCavalier.
1: <laughs> the Kevin Hazel, too, is still, like, uh it's the term is still a little bit scary but they did need a second line center Uh, and i think we were saying that too it was like it may have been a little bit over the top price wise but they needed a second line center and i was worried about the term and again the term
0: and we were saying that when we didn't know that nolan patrick was gonna oh yeah that's another thing too yeah can you even imagine if they didn't pull the trigger on that and then nolan patrick still had his migraine issues and yeah that this year, I don't think it goes nearly as well without Kevin Hayes in there because he's just been such a, a consistent great presence. I mean,
1: so even, like just looking at Flet- from Fletcher's perspective, you had to have signed somebody. He could not have gone into the season with a second line center, and Hayes was the only option out there. And I mean, thankfully it was. But like, if he had come into the season and not made spent money on a second line center, I think a lot of fans would have checked out at that point slash would have been would have checked out when it was obvious that Patrick wasn't going to return to the lineup this year. So I, I think he had to, I think he had to make that move and I think it's been it's working out well. And I said it last week. Yeah. I mean, ago, just
0: the fact that just the fact that they might've had to give up an additional asset to, to get a true second line center. If they had just realized going into training camp that Nolan Patrick wasn't going to be back for a while. That's a very different, like if oh, they have yeah. to trade, like, or force like M- Morgan Frost up before he's ready or something like that. Like that, it's a, a huge domino. Effect. And then
1: Frost kind of underwhelms because he's rushed up a little bit too early. Then that becomes a whole thing of drafting and developing isn't working in Philly. Yeah, it could have all gone, it could have all gone pretty poorly here if uh, if Hayes doesn't come here. Uh, well, okay. So, like I said, I think like a week or two weeks ago, the thing with the Hayes signing. I
0: remember, remember when it was a question like, oh, God, our Kevin Hayes doesn't like Philadelphia. He doesn't want to go there.
1: Yeah. It turns out. Oh, I remember I mean, that. Kevin
0: Hayes yeah. doesn't like cheese sticks. Oh. <laughs> he hates the Liberty
1: Bell. Despises Rocky. He fucking loves the Liberty Bell, and he fucking loves Grady. He loves all the city, apparently. He just loves everything about it. I wasn't even going for the rhyme there. That's everything
0: but... it's the man. <laughs> I love
1: it. But, like, okay, so, like, I was saying, like, a week ago, though, the, the Hayes signing can still come back and, like, look bad in the last couple years, but it's really not going to fucking matter if they win a cup, like, in the next couple of years here. So the tenure, like the the term of that contract.
0: I mean, God, we didn't give a shit about Danny Briere, and he didn't even win a cup. Here. No, like, yeah, and that I mean, out we gave it about his contract. Like it was just kind of like, yeah, but Briere's one of the best playoff performers in Flyers history. So yeah, eh. exactly.
1: So if he ends up winning a cup out of it, I mean, nobody's going to care about the rest of that contract. That's uh, that's what I wanted to say about that contract. Um, uh, this game, though, say, uh, uh, Flyers did a pretty good job shutting out Veshkin again. Um, Ovechkin, so through five games this year against the, the Flyers, Ovechkin had zero goals and 12 shots and zero points um, in five games. The cap power play was 0 for 4 today, which brings them to... This is,
0: this is all insane. Oh, me. yeah. This is, this is the weird, wild stuff going on here <laughs> because Ovechkin historically has destroyed the Flyers on the power play. Like, I am so used to playing the Capitals and seeing Alex Ovechkin just set up, not get properly covered, and blast a slap shot into the back of the net. Yeah.
1: And that's, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of his thing against everybody, which is why these numbers are still, like, pretty, I mean, pretty ridiculous, because that, that those are his numbers this year, and then the, the Washington power play this year was, or against the Flyers, was 0 for 4 today, 1 for 21 this season, a uh, 4.8 power play percentage uh, during five games. So that, that alone, that goes to the whole idea, too, of, I think playoff teams that win now it's a lot more about the weak, weakest link on the team is stronger than other teams weakest link. So before the Flyers obvious biggest flaw as coming this season would have been goaltending and the penalty kill which I who the hell has won the cup like that. But now that those two are at least league average it seems or above league average there aren't a lot of things that the that opponents can kind of hone in on with the Flyers, especially if they're going to 4-check well and actually be aggressive at five on five. There aren't a ton of units on this team that opponents can pick apart and destroy. I mean, really, the only one, and it'll become a whole thing. Uh, I mean, if they keep Hag and Braun together, that's the only that's the only unit that kind of scares me. And again, they're the only unit. You're
0: gonna go and call out
1: <laughs> Robert the Hitman. Hey, yeah, that's right. I'm gonna call. It- yeah, I'm going to call the body bag. I'm going to call the body bag out.
0: Body bag hanging. Hey. Well, when he
1: keeps scoring goals on the Flyers, you got to call him out. I mean, he's the only one scoring goals on the Flyers in this round robin. He had the uh, puck going off of the pass against the Bruins, and then he got the stick on the he shot had for 16 that.
0: 16 micro hits in the second. Oh, my God. Period. I know. And they
1: yeah. almost separated people from the puck. You should have seen them. They're pretty fucking awesome. So he was really...
0: <laughs> When he tapped Ovi on the shoulder. Oh, my man. God.
1: And then he took a shot. As if you he should've... had a secret for him. Yeah, it was. For real, though, like that pair TV. is the only one. I respect you. Because they don't fucking skate. They just don't skate. And I know people will see Hag block a shot or make one nice play. And they're like, see, this is what the numbers people don't see. But guess what? I'm going back and rewatching the games. And he's fucking up a lot. I don't know what to tell you. Like, he's <laughs> fucking up a lot. He's not you're good. You're
0: telling me. You're putting down your packet calculator. <laughs> and you're actually no, watching no, 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 the no, no. games bro no no, no.
1: i have uh, i set it up so i created these glasses that just have two calculators where the lens is supposed to be and then i flick it up like the old sunglasses or like or i shouldn't say old sunglasses i guess people still have them like the uh sunglasses glasses it turns, out,
0: it turns out craig has programmed his <laughs> ti-83 graphing calculator <laughs> to show flyers games
1: Jeez, so do they do people still have to buy those for school can you do all? I, the, I was gonna say, isn't it all done on like phones now? I feel like that's a huge ripoff. <laughs> it's got to be. Yeah, what's the point of even teaching math anymore? It was always
0: the biggest ripoff? <laughs> <laughs> it was like you just walked around, used it for one, maybe two classes. Tried, maybe, like ninety bucks on it. It was
1: a ton. It was way too much money.
0: Oh, absolutely! It was your parents crumbled the entire time. Yeah, and then they they hated me more once they found out that I was getting games programmed on it oh, for other kids
1: Yeah, <laughs> I did not know you could do that. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, I had, like, Space Invaders on mine and uh, oh, what? some weird game where you could buy, like, drugs and stuff off somebody. It was a whole Speaking thing. Speaking of
1: Space Invaders slash Space Invader, I've, like, ever since that song was used in The Sopranos, I think I've had it stuck in my head, like, haphazardly since, like, May. Uh, Space Invader by The Pretenders. I don't know when they use it in The Sopranos, but I've had it stuck in my head for, like, a month and a half. I just wanted to get it out there. You said Space Invaders. <laughs> this is fly probably Nothing makes sense. So i was just I was throwing it out there.
0: That's, that, what that's, there, that's
1: what it's all about. So, I didn't, uh, I mean, I was, uh...
0: You know what's in my head? You know what's in my head? The, the fucking Apple, iPhone, Vegas, Golden Knights whistling that won't stop because it plays <laughs> every NHL TV commercial break. Oh,
1: okay. I was going to say, maybe that's what the, uh... I haven't seen it yet. Or I don't so think I've seen it yet. sick.
0: I am so sick of the five commercials that are playing during these games because I've watched a ton of hockey. It's been great. And I've, I bought, like... The NHL TV package was like super cheap. Mm-hmm. So it saves me from Mike Milbury sometimes. So oh, I would God, love yeah. to talk about Milbury in a little bit. Oh, yeah, let's talk about Milbury. Because he's been yeah. a fucking Hindenburg level disaster. <laughs> oh, my God. But. Too soon. He's too horrible. Soon. He's yeah, too soon for the 1920s. <laughs> um, was it the 20s? It doesn't. 39? is was a long time oh, ago. No.
1: Man, yeah, let's you look, it shirt about I'll I'll look it up. I'm not going to look it up. topical uh, information.
0: But they have what? So there's. There's this iPhone commercial with the Knights where it's got this like whistly little tune. It's got this Dunkin' Donuts with this like, like, a little cup of coffee. Oh, <laughs> God, shut up. Oh, I've got <laughs> Enterprise Marty Brodor bragging about his goddamn trophies. Ugh. How about his tro- trophy sister? Oh, God.
1: Yeah, that, uh, the, uh, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm saying this objectively, if I can cut you off real quick. The Brodor Enterprises commercial's got to fucking stop. I mean, just from an entertainment perspective, they're pretty bad. I don't even, You could put anybody in there. If this was Eric Lindros stealing those ads, I'd be like, okay, we, we've we had enough. You can, you can stop doing these now. They're bad. <laughs> like that one, <laughs> the one was literally just him. It was like, sir, we have your cup here. And he's like, you mean my Stanley cup? It's like, no, it's a normal coffee cup. And he's like, you mean my Calder cup? Like you was just being a braggadocious asshole the entire time is what that was. And just wouldn't shut yeah. up about it.
0: It's horrible. <laughs> oh, it's it's the same, like, five ads, and I am just sitting with them because I watched a lot of hockey. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah, by
1: the way, Steve, Hindenburg went down in 1937, is what I'm saying oh, here wow. on that. So 19, we were in between the both of us. You said 20, so I said 39, so.
0: I I think you win that one. I'll
1: uh, take that. Yeah, I need some wins. I'll take we're that. We're
0: not going prices Right rules because you went over, but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get that one. Yeah, three. also time is not sorry. So let's I'm sorry, I'm not a history expert (laughs) that knows the history and all the stuff that goes behind it. Well, you should have... very bad. uh, I was going
1: to say, when you said I won, you should have said, you can't do that. You can't do that. That's a a deep political reference that I'm sure everybody will enjoy. But the... uh, All right, so the Flyers look pretty good. We're here to
0: talk about the politics, not the (laughs) hockey. No, (laughs) we are here to talk about the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers hockey. And there is it's good times
1: they're doing well i mean were, were
0: we talking about hag and Braun? did that get us onto this I, that pretty here? much
1: as well as started i yeah because i think that's the only that's honestly the only unit that kind of scares me overall but i don't think even with like having turned about them it hasn't really come to light yet i mean they were in terms of goals they were only on the ice for that one goal against today they weren't on the ice for any of the, the flyers goals and i think they broke even on on sunday i think they were on the the goal or, or on the ice for a goal for and a goal against. But if, if they can figure out what to just not get scored on, I, I really, I don't know what's wrong with this team. Like, I don't know what would really keep this team from having a chance to, you know, look well in this postseason. I'm not going to say the words, but have a, have a fun post. Say the words.
0: Look, everybody's, everybody's getting real, <laughs> you know, they're, they're getting real optimistic. Yeah, we got to remember
1: this. We're talking I, I, Philly sports, baby. We're talking Philly sports in the year. 2020. You don't think this would be the I year that God really builds up our our positivity, and lets us think that something awesome is going to happen, and just pulls out the rug? You don't think it would happen this year, out of
0: all the years possible? It would this. This year. And I am extremely superstitious, and I know it's nonsense. I am a hundred <laughs> yeah, percent
1: nonsense. Yeah, that's where I'm at too now. I don't care.
0: <laughs> I don't care. I am too superstitious to say the words. I feel great about this team, and that's the most I'm willing to say. Yeah,
1: I do too. I mean, I guess, like, looking at it, I guess third line, the third line too might be a little bit of concern. Having either, because, I mean, Derek Grant at 3C really isn't that great. But again, like, that line, I can expect that line to just kind of go out there, break even in possession, and not get hemmed in or killed on the scoreboard. Like that, I, I have faith in. it's really just Tag Brown because each time they're out there together, they really do have problems getting the puck out of the zone, or like they just run into extended cycles against because they can't they can't skate the puck out, or they couldn't get to the puck to the they couldn't get to the corner for the puck quick enough. Like it's all this shit with them that just if they just had one dude that could skate on that pair. I wouldn't really be
0: too concerned but the brawny hag is a terrible fishing vessel boy okay (laughs) the brawny hag (laughs) sails tonight and it's not expected to make it
1: (laughs) let's uh i'm gonna let's run through the uh i'm gonna run through the d pairs real quick though
0: a leaky boat if there ever was
1: one (laughs) to talk about what i'm talking about uh the so top pair for off niskin uh four for six in the shot attempt battle broke even in shots two to two uh 55.5 expected goals four. 1-0 to zero on the goal count and 1049 uh against the top line with the fourth line uh, with the flyers fourth line so again they did a pretty nice uh, night at the office Sanheim Myers looked even better uh 11 shot attempts four 10 against six shot four uh three against 70 point zero one expected goals four percentage one to zero goals uh one goal 4-0 goals against uh, and 11-12 against Veranda backstrom uh, and oshia most of the time so and then Hagen Braun under 500 uh Coys four percentage, broke even in shots four percentage at four to four. Forty one point sixty two expected goals, four percentage, zero to one in goals. It's really hard. I think that's my main thing, is like I don't know how any unit through the first two games is 0 for 1 in goals like after these two Flyers games that they've had. Because everybody's looked well and they've won they've won four to one and three to one. So to somehow be 0 one in one of these games is uh is pretty impressive, in my opinion.
0: It's it is. Yeah. It's impressively bad. And it's
1: funny that like both those players were just... Like the, goal, like, the goal against on Sunday was Braun. Braun kind of put Hag into a shitty position, but then he just kind of, you know, let the... They had the puck going off him. And then today, he just uh, got out-muscled in front by Boyd and had the puck go in. So he's been, uh, I don't know, not, uh, not great. But I'm sure there's stuff I'm not seeing in the watching and the re-watching and the breaking down a film that everybody else is saying that loves Hag. So... Please, fill me in with whatever you guys see out there that just isn't... He had a nice block that one time. If you guys see something where you string it together and it looks really good, you you let me know. You guys know my ad Steve says it every week. So, uh, I'm looking for it. I'm trying here, guys. I'm looking for the good Robert Hack stuff. Uh, I'll let you know when I find it. But, <laughs> that's <laughs> just great. Just <laughs>
0: diving right into the box. Just
1: diving right in, yeah. Uh, let's, talk about, uh, let's talk about some of the other uh, lines. Law and Hayes connect me. Again, so their whole thing is going to be not quantity. It's going to be more the quality battle, which uh, they had six shot attempts for. Putting the puck in the net. Six shot attempts for nine against, so didn't win the quantity battle, but five to four in shots. Seventy-three point zero seven expected goals 4 percentage. Two two goals for, zero goals against, and they also had the goal at four and four. So again, Hayes three assists, connecting two assists, Lawton two goals and assists. Uh, Lawton sixth career two goal game, regular season or the postseason. That line. If that line starts taking off, and if Myers and Sanheim still look scary to go along with Couture's top line and Ivan Proverov in this can I don't know. I don't know, folks. I don't know. Talking about Sunday, though. Uh, Raffle. Raffle was the story of that game. Only player with a multi-point game from Sunday. Had a goal and assist. Had a really nice goal and a really nice primary assist, so it's uh, kind of a we're citing from Raffle, who only had two multi-point games during the 2019-20 regular season, had a goal and two helpers in the uh, 6-2 win over the Golden Knights on October 21st, and then he had two assists in the 6-2 win over the Panthers on February 13th. Thompson Myers and Lawton also scored in the win, so Lawton right now is leading the postseason with uh, three goals for the Flyers, which, uh, I mean, even as the biggest Scott Lawton fans out there, I was not anticipating that at all, but definitely take it. I mean, I'll take it. Uh, and then what else here. stop 34-31. Again, not really pressured into making a ton of 10-bell uh, saves, but uh, the Bruins had a push there when it was 4-1 to late in the game, and they was able to keep it at a three-goal game.
0: I love how much you've embraced 10-bell for this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I said it like three times the last week, I think. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Right, you of, said it uh, a
0: bunch during the forecast. <laughs>
1: Oh, did I? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're, they're making oh, good saves. Good. Tim bill caliber.
0: I just Stout want to say real quick. I, I felt so bad for, for raffle getting hurt after the game he had. Yeah. I mean, that's, that was almost a statement game for raffle like it was for, for Lawton. In a lot yeah. Of ways. Yeah. And really, man. it just, I felt bad for the guy. And that also having an impact on today's game made the JVR, Scratch for this game that much more impactful because then they had to replace two players in the lineup. And yeah, this, I guess that's really Still, a message sent right there.
1: Yeah, and don't like and long like raffle is a guy long and raffle for years have he- heard shit from certain corners of the fan base because they haven't done enough or they're bad and everything. And I to that extent, I guess I agree with those people because I thought maybe they should have been playing that high up in the lineup or have that much importance in the lineup, but, like, once the team got talent and Raffles on the fourth line, he looks like a fourth liner. And I guess even Lawton, like, I'm saying all this, and Lawton has been playing in the top six. He looks pretty damn good, too, but, like, now that there's more talent around him, I, I think that's opened up things for him as well. Also, playing with Hayes has got to help. I mean, I think the big thing of him playing with Hayes is Hayes is patient enough and lets things create, and Lawton's pretty good at putting himself in the right position at the right time. We saw that that was I mean that's all of the um well and second goal was. With that was a great passing sequence just created by that line and we saw Hayes pass to Sandheim, yeah. So um but what else from that game?
0: Carter Hart looked good, Carter Hot.
1: Carter Hart looked real good. Yeah. Uh, and that's, uh, oh Millberry let's talk about Millberry because oh, we're talking about Raffle because right? Jeremy Laws don't look like he fucking put a slew foot out there and took uh, Raffle out and again we don't know how long the added element of uh, coronavirus and everything kind of makes it even worse when it comes to guessing how long these players are going to like, be out because I guess they really can't elongate the injuries or how like the timeline would be if we're going to be out so the Raffle injury all we have is he's going to be out uh, it sounded like a little bit of time like, the next couple games, it sounded like. At least. Um, but, again, that hit, I mean, it looked kind of dirty. And Mike Milbury instantly was just like, oh, that's just an instant play. Like, really, like, wrote it off almost immediately. And it's really, these broadcasts are really starting to get to me a little bit. Because it's kind of, it's amazing. Like, I didn't hear any analysis about the Caps today, but I'm sure it was the Caps coming out sleepy. And of they wanted to get going early on. So and not grateful. the Flyers doing anything right
0: so grateful to have jim jackson bill clement for this game just yeah that's right too uh, yeah <laughs> thank god but it's just amazing that like
1: I, I don't know how long the flyers have been doing this now it's just they never get like the whole opponents that play the flyers you know always coincidentally kind of have slow starts and then just couldn't get their offense going what like always coincidentally against the flyers why is that why why is it not the flyers were able to to Hold their opponents in check early, and then their forechecking took over late in the game. It's always the other; it's the narrative the other way around. Oh yeah. And I think uh, I, I mean, think that, that's the also... big thing with the Milbury and the other broadcast uh, broadcasts is like they just don't allude to that fact. It's just always the other way around.
0: Well, and Milbury's just an inherently negative person. He's also this like <laughs> really old is. school, yeah. like old school idiot, just going like, oh, you know, just uh, uh, rub some dirt in it. Get back up, kind of thing. Like, <laughs> I forget which game it was. Uh, who was the player who had to get unfortunately carted off from the it was Muzzin, Jake Muzzin, right? Oh, Muzzin,
1: yeah. Jake Muzzin, Muzzin goes yeah. down
0: and had to get brought off on a stretcher. And Milbury was like, b- before the stretcher was brought out, he's just like, uh, oh, yeah, you should just stay down. Like, uh, draw the penalty, like uh, saying something like that and just so like focus amplified. on the
1: play rather than, yeah, than him, you know, being in all disoriented. Also, kind Nicky of Shirt insinuating is
0: yeah. that he was just, you know, faking a little bit.
1: Faking, yeah. Uh, that's, that's always he, something that he goes uh, out
0: there. He talks about guys faking, uh, not actually getting penalties, like, you know, penalties not being. One of the worst moments in that Flyers Bruins game was Was it Raffle who got tripped out f- in front of the net or NAK or somebody? It's, one of the Flyers gets tripped going right in front of the net and it's pretty obvious. And then Milbury's like, oh, I don't know about that. I think that was a bad <laughs> call. Where is it? And then they show another angle where it is just so obvious and he goes, Clear as hey, whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, he just. <laughs> He's like it's the a worst. It's
0: know-nothing piece of garbage. I don't understand why NBC brings him on like, still employs I don't
1: him. know what it is anymore. Because it, it's not like one of those things where he always has ballsy opinions and then he's half, he's right, like, half the time.
0: He's never He's right. always
1: wrong. He's always wrong and he always has, like, the worst mindset to have in public now. I don't know. Like, he always says the worst things to say about anything.
0: He was and then just provides it with shittier opinions. As a coach. A failure as a GM, <laughs> he's got no value to the game of hockey. There is no point in having Mike Milbury out there. It makes zero sense. Like Brian Boucher is out there, you know, analyzing the goaltending, bringing insight to the game. Even Eddie Olczyk has insight that he brings to the game. Even Mike Milbury has nothing.
1: Yeah, like Keith Jones too. I know we joke about that a little, every once in a while, but Keith Jones actually says insightful things. Keith Jones a good is pretty chunk good. Of the time. Yeah, every, almost everybody else, like, we can rip on everybody else that does these types of jobs because at times, you know, they might throw out some really boring or dumb opinions. But like, Corey Schneider's out there now. Of, he's uh...
0: terrifying. He, like, <laughs> I, I close my eyes when I go to sleep really at night, kind of and I wake that. up and I see Corey Schneider, and I almost have a heart attack. It's terrifying.
1: I It's weird seeing, like, I... But I prefer it's him always... over Milbury. Oh, yeah. It's still just weird, like, seeing some goalies... Like like I've never really seen Corey Schneider in street clothes, so it's always like just seeing them go from all, like all these pads and like these huge like shoulder pads and shit like that to just street clothes. I'm always like, you're really fucking small. His like head he just looks, looks gigantic. Like... Yeah, exactly. It just, he looks like a stick figure on. with like a watermelon up top. Yeah, there's oh, a lot. Like... There's a lot going on Corey Schneider's profile. Like, I mean,
0: Corey Schneider's got that like '80s like giant head of hair going on there.
1: Yeah. I will have to. I do have to say though, I gotta support him because he is a he's another ginger, and uh, the gingers have to stay connected. So. I,
0: I, Craig, Corey Schneider. He, he is terrifying, Craig.
1: I well, I know, but there's not a lot of us that aren't terrifying. So know, I'm still gonna I, support him. Craig, you're
0: not <laughs> terrifying. You're correct. Yeah, we don't have
1: time for this, Steve. All right, we don't. We we gotta focus on Corey Schneider creeping us out. Oh, and, but I, I will uh, take that, I
0: will take nightmare fuel <laughs> Corey Schneider over Milbury any day of the week. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah actually you know what i steiner's been fine i'm watching it now i just remember patrick sharp is also there man you want to talk about a guy who's just there because of his face like I, <laughs> I don't think he said anything yet that like has actually been insightful it's just you know
0: He's a handsome guy though
1: the pe- people just want to look at that face yeah it's got it's got to be a nice perk so we'll figure it out figure it out one day but uh looking at the rest do you want to oh, talk about the rest of the postseason b- or restaurant robin b-
0: before we talk about that actually we could this could be a good lead into oh, that this game that is going on right now this st louis vegas game so we're what we're recording during the st louis vegas game it is so hard to not just go like holy shit holy shit like every two seconds oh in this yeah game because this game is bonkers uh, vegas is out shooting st louis 34 to 13 the game is tied 4 to 4
1: i did not see that. i'm actually watching blue Jackets leaves. i'm gonna switch it over uh I'm going to switch it over because this is in between periods, so let yeah. me...
0: Oh, my God. Like, there was just a, a, a breakaway that was stopped by your your boy, Jordan Bennington.
1: Uh, oh, babe.
0: Power plays left and right. This game's awesome. This is everything I want from...
1: Yeah, the, from the, the Leafs made, Least Maple Leafs... Uh, or I mean, Leafs uh, Blue Jackets, not not that type of game. I would imagine not. I, not imagine not. I mean, Torx I... <laughs> is about to just get on the
0: ice and fight somebody any minute now. But... <laughs> Uh, torts, so I guess, flat out sucked comment the other day.
1: <laughs> oh God, yeah. I mean, I I mean before we get into the postseason, I was going to talk about the round robin real quick, but Tortorella real quick. I we got to give him a little credit because he did have that last last year. A lot of people were talking about the Lightning that Lightning loss to just the Lightning choking, and I think Tortorella deserves a little bit of credit for just defensive structure there. Because we're seeing it now against the Leafs. He's doing the same type of thing against the Leafs. And uh, shot him out in game one. And they didn't score until late in the second period for game two. So maybe, uh, maybe, maybe maybe,
0: he's got it figured out
1: defensively in Columbus. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. I
0: mean, the fact that he's doing Just it saying. with the team he has is...
1: With nobody? <laughs> with Zach, Seth, and Elvis? Yeah, that's pretty much the crew he's got to work with. Nobody! I should <laughs> I should say, uh, yeah, you know, I, we always, I always mention Cam Atkinson being kind of underrated, and Pierre Luc Dubois. I actually do. like so they do have. I
0: like both those guys. They're both good. But yeah, they got
1: they got some good players. They're but not still, names. Nope, <laughs> they aren't names. You go, yeah, that team's scary. Those and we're are just talking names about a team that. The idea. And,
0: and, we're, and we're fans of a team that's got one of the highest scores from the past decade that always gets overlooked for one of the best players of the decade.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> It's true. So yeah. I can respect should... the
0: guy flying under the radar. Yeah, we
1: gotta we gotta pay attention to that more. So four goals I would Nobody take Cam Atkinson
0: on the Flyers any day oh, of the week. Man. Don't get me wrong. Oh man, uh,
1: Drew Katori Atkinson on the top there. Hell yeah. Uh, or top line would be uh, pretty gross. Uh, Limblom Hayes Atkinson. Forget about it. A little bit of that's a little bit of future work for you there, uh, Chucky. Uh, Chucky Two trades. Get back in the office after this.
0: Chucky Two trades. That's a new Twitter. Do you want you know, just throw uh, a <laughs> right. Brown futuristic sunglasses on? <laughs> Chucky two trades. Chucky future trades.
1: Round ro- East round robin real quick because now it's in the Flyers' hands. Uh, they can be the number one seed if they win on Saturday. So I'll the shoot. way the standings are is Tampa Bay is first. They have four points to two games. The Flyers are second. They also have four points two games, but they would lose the tiebreaker because it's a regular season point percentage. Um, Caps are third with 1.2 games. Boston is fourth with zero points two games. So as of right now, the Flyers and Bolts are going to be one and two. The Caps and Bruins are going to be three and four. We just don't know yet. And luckily, each of them play each other. And I believe the outcome for each game, whoever wins that game gets the higher seed. So on Saturday, the Flyers win. They will have six points. No matter how they win, the most Tampa can have is five, so they're gonna win they're gonna be first. Um, and there's no way Tampa can win, the Flyers would be first, obviously. And then the I think uh yeah, the Bruins the Bruins and the uh, Cavs play on Sunday. Um, and the Bruins would have to for the Caps to stay the three spot, they have to um, they just have to win. They can't lose at all. If they lose past regulation, if they earn a point, they'll have two points. The Bruins will also have two points, and then they'll lose the tiebreaker for regular season point percentage. So pretty much, the these the last two round robin games in the East are just winner gets the higher position. And um, again, we had pointed out a bunch leading up to this, but the Flyers were in the most beneficial position won the round robin started them and the stars and the flyers have taken advantage of them being in fourth place. And it looks like they're going to go from fourth in the conference to first potentially in just a matter matter of three games. And they still have to, uh, but the still gonna Bruins
0: do won the president's trophy. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Boo. Fucking. Oh my God. A tough break for the city of Boston. What a fucking shame. You
0: know, what a shame. A, it has been they have one long. thing go wrong
1: for the sport. It's so sad. But the, oh, we the, lost, the city of We Boston. lost Tommy Brady. <laughs> we
0: lost, oh, man, it's we lost first place shooter. overall in the Eastern Conference playoffs. We
1: lost Mookie tough Betts. Year for Boston. Lost Mookie Betts, and uh, I don't know, something bad's got to be going on with the Celtics, right? Is there? All I hear is just bad stuff going on with the Sixers. Are the Celtics still like... Is, they, the Sixers have been
0: so just bad that I have not... It's funny they're they're two and one right now, but like just they should be like crushing the teams I, they played. Um, I was gonna say because was, of how the Sixers have been, I'm just like, you know, basketball. Eh. Um
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, So also, but the rest of the round robin, real quick: Flyers and or Flyers and Bolts play on Saturday. Cass and Bruins play on Sunday. No time said yet as of this recording. So naturally, they'll probably update those later tonight or tomorrow when you are listening. But as of five right now, they are after knows. I hit. Stop. Uh, Sitting <laughs> yeah. so, so at the megaphone, yeah. So, um, but that's uh that's the rest of the round, of Robin. Uh, you want to talk about the rest of the playoffs now?
0: The Celtics uh, put up one hundred forty nine points last night, so they're they're doing it. Right. Right.
1: So they're doing all right. They seem to know how to play basketball. It looks like, yeah, yeah, I
0: guess
1: so. But uh, well, who cares? Yeah, who fucking cares?
0: That's not this podcast.
1: That is no, it's not. So, uh, well, this podcast. I, you want to talk bubble hockey?
0: Yeah, let's I want to talk, talk, talk about some the bubble hockey. I let's talk like about the fact about that the New York hockey. Rangers who.
1: Oh, let's do Whined it. Whined and man.
0: moaned about not being included in the playoff potentially, were included in the playoffs, and completely shit the bed.
1: God fucking hosts. They were like lost. 3 0, uh outscored eleven to four in the series. Uh, by the way, I just want to say I'm just gonna um I'm just gonna throw this out there. I'm not calling Tony D'Angelo I'm gonna call Tony D'Angelo Tony Angelo until I see him make a defensive play. That's what I'm gonna start calling. Uh, he doesn't. He hasn't earned the D in his name yet. So, as soon as he starts playing some D out there on the ice, I'm going to start calling him Tony D'Angelo. Until then, gonna,
0: gonna I'm just going to keep calling him tape. Tony
1: Angelo. <laughs> hey, I didn't throw it off on the side of the road. We all know where it is. He'll get it back in face.
0: Uh,
1: that is uh, that's, you can't just a hyperbole, baby. Anthony Angelo. Yeah. I mean, good Lord. He got fucking. My analysis. It couldn't of have happened that, to a
0: nicer guy, let me tell you.
1: <laughs> that my analysis of that Aho goal is just
0: uh oh, that was an LOL dude that was bad
1: just LOL dude just LOL guy got fucking walked I don't know what to say like that was just uh got walked I think the two best jokes I saw for that uh, and they weren't mine but uh, my two favorite were <laughs> that's
0: for Tony D'Angelo
1: <laughs> finally Tony D'Angelo finally uh, took a name that was one of the jokes I saw for that, nice. and then also the other one was like, "What did we expect when Tony D'Angelo was expected to uh, lean to the left?" Like you knew that wasn't going to once he had to move <laughs> to the left. There, you know that wasn't yeah. So those were the uh, the Tony D'Angelo jokes, and uh, yeah, guy really doesn't fucking play defense. Uh, scored fifteen goals this year, not a look at defense. Uh, and when you look at the the Good Rangers defense, defense. <laughs> great great defenseman. I am looking at it. Uh, so Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren were the the Rangers top fair. Top pair. So once again, when I said they don't play defense, there you go. Uh, Brendan Smith and Jacob Truba were the second pair. Marstall and Tony D'Angelo had the third most amount of minutes out of all the pairs on uh, the Rangers defense for this series. Uh, zero goals for, four goals against, 18.71 expected goals, four percentage in 23 minutes for. Uh, and then also Truba and D'Angelo were together for six minutes and they had the uh, Ajo, Ajo goal against them. So uh, the guy knows how to score goals, can play with an edge. Can be very vocal off the ice, um, not not doing too much on defense, and uh, I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, like uh, I'm sure he's going to be fine when uh, the defense actually gets better, but he's not, he's not good by himself. He's not good being the main guy on the defense, and I, I don't know why. I know why people talk about him, but that's uh, this whole series was pretty much the Hurricanes just proving why they're a playoff team and why the Rangers shouldn't have been close to the playoffs at all. It was just a very systematic, thorough beatdown. And uh, none of these games were actually close. It was pretty much just the Hurricanes taken to them all three games. And I still say, and I know you laugh at me, Steve, but the Hurricanes get saves. They're a scary team. So, And I know they're relying on Mrazik and, and Reimer, but they reduce a lot of chances against, and if those two can just make some saves every once in a while, I think the, the Hurricanes are a threat.
0: I still think that's a tall order for Peter Mrazik, even though he did I, some and, impressive saves against the Rangers.
1: I was going to say, it could be a thing where, you know, it was just a goalie in Philadelphia, and then he went somewhere else. And uh, who knows? Maybe he ends up being fine. I but know, uh, yeah, they got...
0: I'm not buying yeah, it. who knows? I'm who knows? Oh, that. no, okay.
1: All right. uh, what about, uh, you think this is uh, the end of the road for Longquist here? I think it's got to be.
0: Oh, at least in New York. Like, I, I yeah. could see him, you know, doing the old, like, let me wear one more weird uniform.
1: Joe Montana with the Chiefs, Tom Brady with the Bucks. Oh, yeah. you're just talking. Tom Brady with yeah. the Bucks,
0: well, 100% a was... one year. Like, oh, I should yeah, have oh out. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm I'm excited to see where he gets drafted in fantasy football if that's a thing that's still happening, and uh oh, yeah. somebody over drafting him and going, oh, why did I do that? But who knows? Maybe Mike <laughs> Evans could just make his day, but that's neither here nor yeah, there. knows. It's yeah. There's always the weird uniform on a guy, and yeah. As we've mentioned, the Flyers are kind of the king of that. Yager, yeah, Red Flyers, but it wasn't even the last one he wore because he wore like ten more after the Flyers. Yeah,
1: I'm trying to like, I feel like I'm trying to like a teams that I don't know how much cap space the Flames have, but the Flames seem like a team that might be capable enough to take another year on Lundqvist, one more year. 8. I mean, 5. he for might a he might also position, just retire
0: like yeah I, also yeah if it was like retire or go to like edmonton for a year i think i'm just gonna retire but
1: <laughs> yeah well that's the like edmonton could be another team that could be looking at him. like i'm not sh- i gotta go back and look at the cow space and like all these teams but if he's staying around those would be to go go to florida make things really hilarious with a tandem of bob and monquist and both of them are just bad passer prompt. you know they could do that too you never know we'll find out you
0: never know oh man huh? yeah i think this might be the end for for lundquist but we'll see who knows but i don't know i feel like he might try to do one more year i i do feel like or the uh matt sundin on the canucks kind of thing hmm
1: yeah yep that's the yeah, I, mean, I wanted. there we go that's a that's a good one yeah that's a very good one yeah um yeah i really don't know either. i just feel like he's i don't i don't think there's any way he's going back to new york i feel i feel like they're gonna or they might trade uh york, maybe that might be it but i don't know
0: yeah who knows definitely the biggest embarrassment of the the play-in so no far. absolutely first uh, bubble
1: yeah they're still the only team that's off the bubble
0: yeah and on the other that's on so, the uh, other the other hand though we've got the pittsburgh penguins the pittsburgh hockey oh, penguins baby
1: let's talk about it
0: struggling it up with well-rested Carey price and the montreal canadians
1: yeah, we we took a lot of fun, you know, uh, making fun of uh, Carey Price uh, taking all those uh, extra nippy naps Ten with his uh, little blanket the rest Ten up. Ten more Damn. years, Def, He's deserving it. I mean, if they pull off this upset, Steve, I say the contract was worth it, and I think that puts an end to that debate. And I don't think there's any debating it, to be honest. But uh, you know. That's just that, but Jack Johnson's fucking bad at defense. Let's talk about it. I wow. mean, he is who could have God, called that? Certainly, single-handedly, not
0: every NHL <laughs> yeah, not fan
1: just single-handedly bringing down this Penguins team. So, Does Penguins have the given up eight goals
0: I can remember. And again, He's I say this bad. with full realization that I am a Flyers fan.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is. I mean, so eight. The Penguins have given up eight goals in three games to the Canadians. Jack Johnson has been on the ice for five of them. Um, his goal count is one goal four, and he's been on the ice for five goals against all five on five. So he's not doing great. And uh, some of those goals, pretty fucking bad. The Kake Miami goal that opened up the scoring in the series, uh, he ran into Zach Reese trying to turn around and get back to the net. So he body-checked his own teammate, and they're going to get back to the net in time to box out Kake Miami. Paul Byron scored on a wraparound last night where Jack Johnson just watched him wrap around the net and then get a couple whacks in on a rebound before reacting to it. Like, he's just... He's literally not doing anything good out there. And Mike Sullivan's just like, let's keep going. Let's keep going back to that low. Maybe he'll get this one right. I and mean, he just keeps throwing him out there. And I i hope Mike Sullivan keeps trusting him because he's not, he's not doing anything. It's not doing anything. It's that and the fact that Doomal and Letang are, are getting kind of boned in terms of uh, the bounces, too. Because they have fine underlying numbers, but they're losing the goal count, two to three. Those two things are pretty much the difference in in that Penguin series. It's uh, tragic. Yeah, it's a real shame that Jack Johnson would, you know. And, again, I, I said it last year when the Penguins got fucking swept by the Islanders, and I'll say it again. <laughs> Crosby and Malkin, uh, they're not getting any younger. Uh, they're a couple years older than me. And uh, as a 30-year-old, I'll tell you, it's it's getting rough physically. So I know they're slowing down a little bit. I know they're, you know, starting to forget some things. Uh, it's a little hard to get all about in the morning. You know, the window's closing. And, uh, I mean, this is just another year. they got to watch Jack Johnson drag him down. Probably going to watch him drag him down next year. It's, uh, I don't what to say, Penguins fans, I'm sorry. Uh, your, your cup window was cute and everything. It was adorable that the league gift wrapped you a couple of cups here. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, maybe you guys can have to draft and develop properly, and we'll go from there. But, uh, again, I'm sorry, you know, it's, uh, I, I think the world's helped you out a little bit with the, the Crosby pick and all the calls over the last 15 years, but we'll see, we'll see what happens after this window closes. I can't wait for somebody to cut that clip and then play it at the 2020 Penguin Stamp. Do you, you think they're done? You think they're done for?
0: No, I, I don't think they're I don't done think for so until <laughs> one of Malkin or Crosby departs. Oh, because yeah. if, I mean, like, if they're missing one series. of those, oh, for this, I don't know if they're done either. Like I,
1: yeah, it's... it's the Canadians, and it took a lot to win both those games. Yeah, yeah, it did. <laughs> no, I,
0: I think this is going the full five.
1: Yeah, it's gotta. It's going at least the full five. Which that's, um, the rest you know, is All though. I asked
0: Montreal for is to to go the full five, wear them down. Because if yeah. Montreal no. ends up you know losing and getting Lafreniere, then that's totally okay with me.
1: I mean, it'll be annoying because it would be. It's, it feels a little too on the nose for the NHL, but yeah, so it's definitely better than him going to fucking Pittsburgh because because why not?
0: I mean, everybody's convinced he's going to Pittsburgh or Edmonton right now.
1: Yeah. Oh my god! If he goes to Edmonton, I'm just going to Edmonton's fucking a lot. not
0: done yet either. Though Connor yeah. McDavid's uh, going to keep playing every other game and getting Adrian Dater to every other him up. game.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's really my main takeaway from the uh, the Oilers series was just. Um, Edmonton loses one playoff game, precisely one playoff game, with uh, Connor McDavid this year. A 6-4 game, so again, that's obviously all on the forward scoring the goals. You know, you, your team only put up four goals. That's Edmonton, on you,
0: so. a team with two superstars, and that's about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> loses a 6-4 game, and Adrian Dater says, I'm going to take the Twitter about it, and tweets, Regretting my Oilers pick over Chicago, Connor McDavid, a brilliant talent, but a personality deficient guy. I think his blandness rubs off too much on teammates. Happy to hear opinions to the contrary, but fact is he doesn't inspire others.
0: Adrian Dater, I think a longtime time of... Colorado Avalanche writer, for those of you not familiar.
1: <laughs> yeah, an ass writer. Chime it in. Uh, and also then McDavid uh, had a hat in game, too, where uh, the Oilers won 6-3, to three, scored a goal 19 seconds in, had a second by the four oh five mark. So, again, I don't... I just love the idea of, like, I. that's just got to be something that... He, he definitely had to tweet that out, just to... Catch the eyes of people. There's no way he actually thought that. Nobody's looking at Crossman's like, yeah, no but he's way. not. You know, he's not making jokes at the water cooler. He's not like, you know, juggling after practice. Or he's not drawing the attention of the guys. He's not really you know pumping them up. There, nobody look, Nobody looks at a hockey player and thinks like that, <laughs> unless you're looking for uh, some retweets from pissed off people. And then the and then the Oilers lost uh, Game Three as well. So that series has been a lot of offense. It's pretty much it's a track meet. Yeah,
0: it's great. Of
1: we predicted. predictive. Yeah, it's great, huh? I mean, if I you don't didn't care about other teams, it's great.
0: Because, like, I finished watching the Canadians penguins game and was very happy with the result. And they started playing the Blackhawks-Oilers game, and I think there were two goals, like, right off the bat. I was like, oh, I oh, gotta yeah. watch at least a period of this. This is too good.
1: And then... And then it just was a pretty damn good game.
0: Yeah, so, right. I, I did, uh, unfortunately, uh decide that work was more important and went to bed, but... It oh, it was what? tempting. What a it was dork. tempting.
1: Uh I did want to go back to the uh the we need to talk about Jeff Petrie, uh, picking some shots here. We're the green overtime I, uh, winner and game one.
0: I asked my and... good buddy Pittsburgh Steve how he felt about Jeff Petrie today, and he didn't want to talk about it.
1: <laughs> I mean, that second goal. That goal he had last night was it's a goal that it was a good idea to shoot it up that high, but it's also like Matt Murray was sitting there for a while, kind of like just kind of advertising that little spot up top. It was a shot that it's a, it's very easy to say it's an easy goal now that he actually scored it, but like Murray didn't really shut down the angle there. Still, it's just Petrie fucking exposed it, which is just funny because it was a ridiculous shot still. Like he plays that pretty goddamn well.
0: Oh, it was awesome.
1: And then uh, Murray just not doing. Not doing his part. A lot of, a lot of stuff I really like about the Penguins' first couple games here, if you oh, don't yeah. like the Penguins.
0: I'm a big uh, Petrie fan too, because I, I pick him up in fantasy He's pretty damn good. Deals, Like every year, because he never gets drafted. <laughs> and then you're going through the free agents, and when you're looking for defensive free agents, you, you look at the assist totals. And Petrie's always like the number one assist guy out there, and you're like, alright, I'll get him.
1: Yeah, he really is like a guy... He was a guy that got a lot of love when he was in Edmonton, and then... Ever since then, I feel like he just hasn't gotten, like for a while there, he was just like, oh, he's one of the good players Edmonton has, and now he's with the Canadians. He just, I feel like sometimes he just kind of gets lumped into the huge mess that is the Canadians, but he's still one of the more less talked about, like, reliable defensemen. Reliable defensemen that actually play, like, legit defense, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, What about, all right, what other series do you want to talk about here?
0: Well, got a, let's talk, a, so we talked about it a little bit before, but uh, Blue Jackets, uh, Maple Leafs. At, so Toronto's up 2 nothing right now in this game, mm-hmm. about halfway through. You think Maple Leafs, they're... Yeah, nah. uh,
1: yeah, I'm thinking, yeah. You think if they're already this? up 2 nothing? Yeah, if they're up 2 nothing in this game, I assume they probably have this game. Like, the way the Blue Jackets are going to win is from jumping out and getting the lead and then just Smart. kind of trapping it all out. Yeah, so, like, I don't know if... Uh, because the way they're going to have to play, I don't know if they have two goals in them.
0: You don't think Cam Atkinson's got <laughs> but, it in him?
1: Yeah, to just you just keep on scoring through. Uh, but no, I don't.
0: And the Leafs are not playing uh, them left and right. I mean, the Leafs are oh yeah, no, they, team. It's just the fact that's that that's the thing. Like, Columbus does have a good yeah. defensive system. I mean, Tortorella's yeah, doing like, the best he can. <laughs> just can't do that much right. with the group he has.
1: Like that's the thing that we like. I always like kind of point out is like he is doing very well but that system is based upon just the Leafs living in the offensive zone it's like just keep them from going high danger chances get the puck out quickly and then see if you can do something on the counterattack and that's like that's their MO so if it's if you're already trailing it's going to be kind of hard to bank on multiple goals to come back from that but uh, I think yeah the biggest story with this was the Muslim injury because that was pretty scary and apparently he is out of the hospital now but he'll miss the rest of the series against the Blue Jackets um left on a stretcher, um and uh he just caught his skate in the boards and then just like caught the skates on the board and it had like a weird lunge forward motion and pretty much just hit his face and neck on the back of york Bjorkstrand's leg and then just was just oh and you can't also give up leaky goals like that, um if you're if you're playing the leaves. So uh but the yeah, I mean the the injury looked really bad, but apparently he is already out of the hospital now and he should should be getting um better? And then the rest of that series, Corpus L has been good, even though he did just give a pretty leaky goal to Nick Robertson. <laughs> yeah, he's going to want that one back. But, oh, yeah. I, just, uh, I
0: literally just caught up that on my feed. Like, as yeah. you said that, it was leaking between his five hole into the net.
1: Yeah. So, like, again, Tortorella's system is great and all, but, like, you can't afford, like, that
0: can't yeah. go in. And, this and is, Robertson, it, by the
1: way. It's just yeah. a
0: series that should be... It shouldn't be as close as it is.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, the, this could be a series, too, that we're saying that and then maybe if the Leafs shut up and out here and then they look good in game four, then it was just they had a bad start because, you know, they, that was a pretty close game, too, if they could have won and then it just didn't go well. But right now, I'm going to say, let's give Tortorella credit and maybe, uh, maybe the Blue Jackets turn around or something here, but oh, well, here you go. is coming in now. Those Oh, no, yeah, it is Merzlikens coming in. Jesus, uh-huh. I was going to say, I thought <laughs> and then the Leafs, yeah. So I, I'm guessing the Leafs are going to win this one here. Uh, there wasn't really much. I mean, because there hasn't been a lot of goal scoring, there weren't really many lines to point out or players or anything. But uh, Tech J. Bjorkstrand and uh, Pierre Luc Dubois are on one, even though they had a 71.18 expected goals 4 percentage and lead the Blue Jackets lines in ice time. So that would be one point emphasis that maybe if that line can actually produce. While spending most of the time in the offensive zone, maybe that can kind of tip the f- scales in the Blue Jackets' favor. But uh, they're going to start; they're going to need to start doing that pretty soon if they want to get involved here. And then uh, Wierenski and Jones were uh, zero goals for, one goal against, even though they're winning the uh, the quality battle too. And uh, thirty five minutes work. So again, like it's a it's, lot. It's Jesus. a lot to to ask of uh, Warinski and Jones it's So, so much be able time. to. Yeah, it's a lot of time, and it's just like. I, I mean, yeah, that's 35 minutes in the first two games five at 5-on-5, five, so that's not even including special teams. So, like, they, it's it, it's going to come down to a lot. Of, and they do have, you know, a couple other decent defensemen there, but it really comes down to how much they're able to do against the top competition that they're able to produce. So, not a, not a great position for the Blue Jackets, which, again, ultimately don't care about because they're in the division. And uh, as soon as they're Scroll. out. Yeah, screw them. I'm fine with that.
0: Islanders-Panthers. Islanders-Panthers is the other big series in the East going on right now. And interesting one, but also not interesting because the Islanders are so goddamn boring.
1: Yeah, they're just boring and systematic. They just take away... I mean, the Panthers are a team that is uh, a lot of offensive skill, no sense of defense, and you can't really rely on the goaltending. So the way they're going to win is just by... They unfortunately they're not playing the Pan- or they're not playing the Oilers or the Blackhawks. So that's the type of series they needed to get into. Was another team that's going to play run and gun hockey and then hope you just outscore them. And I don't think that's that's not the way the Panthers can win, especially against a team like the fucking Islanders. And also when uh you know Baba looks a little shaky at times. I don't know uh, first real game. Bad. Yeah, like he's had said all right numbers 929 save percentage in a game one loss 882 save percentage in a game two loss so that's not great numbers and then 909 save percentage in a game three loss but like I realized the thing with him is he just has a lot of goals where he just doesn't look Uh, gave up a game goal three, to Anthony Bavilia in game one game three win yeah sorry Uh, gave it's up a, a weird goal Uh, gave up a um, like a goal to Anthony Bavilia in game one and a game to Ryan Pullock in game two where he just wasn't sure if he had it and he didn't but, like, I feel like that's my thing with Bob, is he has a lot of goals where he looks behind himself because he doesn't know if he's stopping or him or not. And even the times when he does make a big save like that, I feel like every shot with him, if it's going five-hole, or it would have gone between his, like, body and arms, like, he always looks back, like, with, like, anxiety, like he knows it's going in. I don't know. That's I feel like that's just... Yeah, it I can just, to he the doesn't seem secure in stopping pucks. <laughs>
0: I don't make a uh, million million a year, so that's that's bad. Yeah, I don't make a.
1: Yeah, and I mean, if I did make a little million a year to be mediocre at my job, I wouldn't be that anxious. So I'd be kind of like, all right, well, I got, I got a payday. And we can't take the money back now, you know. Yeah. But that's uh, uh, also with them. Also with the Panthers, uh, Antoine Stroman and Riley Stillman. Uh, that defensive pairing is killing them. Uh, zero goals for, two goals against. Fourteen point fifty three expected goals 4 uh, percentage in twenty eight minutes of five and five through two games. Meanwhile, Aaron Ekblad and uh, Mackenzie Weger uh, are pretty much the only thing uh, resembling defense down there for the Panthers. Uh, two goals for, zero goals against, fifty six point seven expected goals 4 percentage in forty seven minutes together. Uh, very underrated uh, Alexander Barkov with Dadanoff uh, and Huberdo's sixty three point thirty three expected goals 4 percentage. Two goals, four zero goals against in twenty seven minutes, uh at five on five. Florida six goals good. total. Hoffman's look good. I mean, Hubert does look good too. Um yeah, Hoffman the thing with Hoffman is he really does have one of the better shots in the league. So when you set him up in time and space, it's fine. It's just, you know, he has that whole girlfriend issue that might still be going on with the locker room and uh, you know, chemistry and everything. But uh that's it. You know, he's not I guess he's not the worst sniper in the world. Um I also thought it was funny, uh I was gonna Huberdeau had a very good goal in Game One, but everybody was like talking about Barkov that night. So I thought it was just kind of funny that you know <laughs> so again like, I was waiting for that like Barkov drove to the net and drew somebody away. So I was waiting for a goal where like Huberdeau danced around people and dunked it to make it a two-one game. I thought it was gonna be like man, let's talk about that Barkov drive to the net, just creating space for Huberdeau <laughs> out there. He does everything right. <laughs> but that's I mean, they do you have any faith in the Panthers coming back? You think the Panthers are gonna do it?
0: Not particularly. Uh, I've I bet on the Panthers too much in this series to. to, to <laughs> <say it. laughs> I've been doing. I've been doing a parlay a day, and uh, Panthers have not keep been a wise bet for the most part.
1: A parlay a day to keep the doctor away. That's what the old saying is. Because I, I can't think. afford. Where Fanduel should use that. That's right. because yeah. you lost all your money with Fanduel. Lost
0: all my money. <laughs> I, it's. <laughs> I mean, the Panthers do have a chance. They're pretty evenly matched, but the fact is, the Islanders' yeah. system is just too much for the Panthers' lack of complete defense. Yeah, the Islanders so are just going to do of what defense rather. Uh,
1: the Islanders are just going to do the annoying thing they've done all year in the last two years under Barry Trotz, which is just inexplicably play effective systematic hockey, but you really don't notice it. Like you're gonna, they're gonna quietly they're take used. away all the. Yeah, no, I don't I don't want to play the Islanders either. Especially, like, because one of the more annoying losses in the year for the Flyers is when they played the Islanders in mid-February? I think it was the game they lost out on, in, on uh, Long Island. They gave a bunch of goals early, took themselves out of the game, and then when they came all the way back, blew the tie game in, like, the last 40 seconds or something. So I, I, the Islanders are kind of a team that bugs me, too, because I think they do have a little bit of uh, the Flyers number in that sense. I don't think it would be... I don't think the founders would kill them, but I I think they'd be a little bit more of a problem than Flyers fans' confidence will let them believe right now. If that makes sense,
0: Flyers fan <laughs> confidence like, uh, right now is, is entirely uh, yeah. too
1: high. I love it. I, I
0: yeah. love it, but it's also again terrifying to me.
1: Going back to like going to Saturday's game, I I I'm not too confident they're going to win. I'll say that right now because I think the uh, the the Lightning have played them pretty well. All year, and they're a team, and we've even seen the Lightning do it in this round robin, but the way the Lightning beat the Flyers this season where they got the first goal, and then they just took everything away from the Flyers but still attacked defensively, and that there's not many teams that can do that to the Flyers except the Lightning. And they did the same thing in the second meeting where they got a bunch of goals early, and then they just suffocated the Flyers at 5 5 and the Flyers started to claw back with special teams goals, but it wasn't really... The Lightning still control most of that game so and the lightning had jumped out the early leads in the first two round robin games before giving uh giving them up so i'm worried on saturday it could be a case where the lightning might get a goal too early and then that's just it from there like they might just walk it out to like a three nothing win
0: valid concern
1: that, yeah and uh, we'll see and again also even if that happens who the fuck second seed in the eastern conference is still fine like we're, the Flyers are still moving up from where they were So, So second seed right now.
0: How's the seeding going to work? Like, who's the likely opponent if the Flyers are the second seed?
1: Yeah, so I was just about to figure that out. So, if they... So, if we go through all the series and they hold up... So, 5-12 in the East is... We'll say the Canadians win. So, they would play the top seed. So, in theory, the Canadians win their next game. The Flyers win on Saturday. The Flyers are playing the Canadians. Um,
0: I like that. We're
1: going to say... Yeah, if... So if the Penguins the five seed to win, um, oh my god, I'm blanking on what the hell the fucking 6-11 series is. Oh uh, yeah, the Canadi- uh Hurricanes already won, so six seed is already there. Uh, Seven seed is the the Islanders. It looks like they're going to be there, and then the eight seed is the Maple Leafs. So it looks like we're still we could still get one through eight, and if that's the case, the Flyers would play. The Flyers should play the Islanders. <laughs> So then, it, But the Flyers... it's all bad,
0: I mean, and maybe this is why Boston hasn't been as uh, participating as much as they could, because, I mean, they're all good teams at this point, with the exception of maybe the Montreal Canadiens and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Because, yeah,
1: so, I mean, that is, yeah.
0: I mean, you look and at that's... it, the, the Maple Leafs have that offense that could just click on and destroy you. The Islanders have that stifling defensive system and trots, and the Penguins are the goddamn Penguins. And the Hurricanes are just a sound, sound team.
1: Yeah. Uh, No, I mean, that's, yeah. those are all, yeah. So I really do wonder, because to that point, like Cassidy, I don't know if anybody remembers this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it up now, but like Bruce Cassidy said something in passing, like in May or June, when nobody was actually paying attention to hockey. He said something like, if we get to these round robin games, I might just sit or because who cares? So like, I really wonder how much of that went into Sunday's decision. Of just being like, it's, it, we, who cares? Like, what, we're going to finish fourth in the conference? All right, I don't want to risk Ras getting hurt here. So that's why I played Halak. I don't know how much of that went into it. but um, And also, I mean, it is worth, so if the Canadians win, then you have 6, 7, um, 8, and 12, which would mean the Flyers should play the Hurricanes, which, again, I, would be a pretty tough out as is. So I think any way you do it from here on out, yeah, ideally you want to win on Saturday and then the, the Canadians finish off the job and then the Flyers are facing the Canadians in the first round. Um, and I believe that's the only way it can kind of all work out. right. If we're, if we're going with the, the favorite teams actually close it out. Again, the Panthers can come back. The Panthers come back. I mean, if the Panthers come back uh, and the Penguins still win then the Flyers should face the Panthers they win on Saturday. Uh, that'll be another one I would take
0: go Pants go one way or
1: another yeah I was gonna say one way or another you just wanna face the halves of the Panthers here <laughs> it'd be ideal but uh, and Islanders and Hurricanes are teams too that they like I guess I'm not 100% confidence wise in terms of the Flyers winning those series but at the same time they are they've walked through some of the top teams in the conference here at time. like they've played the Caps pretty well throughout the season they've played the Bruins pretty well throughout the season and the Lightning games they may not win but it's not like, I don't know, they're not getting blown out of the water in those games. So, if they, I mean, if they if they stick to the system and they can kind of get, I think getting out early on the Anders is a huge factor. Um, so, if they do that, the Hurricanes is going to be, a, it's not going to look pretty. I feel like the Hurricanes are probably going to dictate play the entire time. And uh, the Flyers might be on their heels at times. But it's all, that's all stuff we'll talk about when we get there. Yeah. we still got some other series yeah. to break I down actually, right
0: now. I actually would prefer to play the Hurricanes over the Islanders, frankly.
1: I, I'm i thinking, yeah, I don't know why, but the Islanders... I, the Flyers do play the Hurricanes a little bit better. Because even when they had games... Uh, I know the first time they played the Hurricanes this year, it was one of the worst examples of like the Flyers got outplayed, but Carter Hart still on his head and bailed them out. So... The Flyers still found ways to beat the Hurricanes this year. Uh, the Islanders, it, it felt like the other way around. It kind of felt like no matter what happened, they were going to find a way to lose that game. Yeah. Uh, so I'd rather like if I had to pick the two, I'm picking the Hurricanes. Yeah. But I'm I'm bank I'm hoping Canadians all the way.
0: <laughs> we shall see because I mean you never know the Panthers could you know Alexander Barkov yeah. and Huberto could get together yeah. and make a, an underrated Voltron and and.
1: Oh, and there's i don't think there are rules in the rule book for that i've never checked and uh, i don't think everybody's going to check in time before after they form it like they're I not going to get the rules in there after it, you try
0: it's like station from bill and ted too, which is terrifying
1: yeah i mean that's a reference somebody
0: photoshop station from bill and yeah. ted 2 in a panthers jersey and that'll be the the huberdo bark off does <laughs> bill know how photoshop <laughs> I'd have no idea. Be, uh...
1: I mean, I do. I, I could do it, but I don't have time. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't have the time yeah. no, he's got, to, to do such He's stuff. got time to
0: do, yeah, anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see. There's still a few games left in these series, and a- a- anything can happen. Anything can happen. I think there's a couple out west we haven't talked about yet. Uh, we haven't talked about the Coyotes at all in Nashville, which is a weird series.
1: Weird series. Yeah, this this one and then the Canucks Wild series are both series that I, I've kind of caught in passing, and I don't really like I watched the All Nashville know.
0: Arizona game yesterday pretty closely. And Arizona just like Nashville was outplaying Arizona for most of the game. And just Arizona was taking advantage yeah. of those uh, opportunities, which is one of those annoying playoff things.
1: Yeah, they are kind of. We were just talking about the fucking Islanders and the has kind of become one of those teams this year that is just they just win games through defensive systematic hockey where no team has offense. And that was kind of... That's kind of the reason why I thought the Coyotes stood a chance here because the... the, I don't know what it is with the Predators. I feel like the Predators have had a decent roster for a couple years now. They went to the Cup in 2017. And then they've kept a good chunk of the forwards and defense. And, like, I don't think renee has been terrible. And they still have UC Soros. Like, I don't know why this team can't get... Go anywhere. Like, they just can't get past the first round now. Nope. And, like, even this year, like... Forsberg's one of the more dynamic players in the league. Arvidton's still killing it up front. Um and then defense, like Yossi's up for <laughs> it's like Norris trophy and they have Ryan Ellis back there. And then in net, like, Renee's been fine, and they just can't seem to get I don't know. I'd be losing like you know, Eamon listens to us and I feel like uh that's I feel like I'd be losing my mind if I watched the Preds as much as he did. Yeah. But that and and the Coyotes are Taylor Hall scored. Uh, Taylor Hall has three goals in the series. I like Roger Anz. Roger Anz is doing all right in the series. Uh, Taylor Hall, three goals and assists so far in the series. Getting winded um... and
0: dying by ownership.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, and I wonder how John Shake is feeling right now because he put together this team and went out and got Taylor Hall, and now he's not there, and this team is doing all right so far in the bubble. Maybe they didn't let and, him eat uh, hot dogs or play.
0: something, and they're celebrating now.
1: Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Uh... Steve Simmons got to him. It was just like yeah don't don't let him once he starts seeing hot dogs. I was, th- I was thinking of the again. Ron
0: Hextall special, but
1: oh oh okay oh yeah, Jesus
0: Christ.
1: <laughs> I wanted Simmons more in depth reporting.
0: Despicable. Also, I, I yeah. don't think Ron's whatever. I, <laughs> uh...
1: I wanted to get more details on Ron Hextall, like how he will get upset when players would eat good food. I wanted more vivid detail about like his facial reactions if he like groaned or like you know just what happened with uh I wanted more reporting there from whoever put it that uh that report last year. So yeah we'll never I, I we'll just never love know the answer.
0: About pizza and wings, let me tell you. It's my favorite <laughs> hockey topic.
1: Uh series got chippy though what was it? Jared Tonardi so tonardi while well, lawson krauss Krause trying to get up Tonardi crushed Krause like former away from lawson the park Crouse. just body checked out the former flyer, thankfully. Former flyer to Krauss. Uh, and then Craig Smith took off Connor uh, Garland's head in the middle of open ice when Garland was on his knees trying to get up. And then there's just like a huge brawl on the game. So uh, yeah, I guess these teams don't like each other. I don't know. That's what I got about them. Uh, and then I got a uh, Wild Canuck series. Uh, my main thing was just going to be, I don't know what the general consensus is on uh, Jonas Brodin anymore, but I like him. Uh, plays pretty good defense and uh, pretty much just plays defense. Does Doesn't provide any offensive upside, but has some of the best offensive numbers in the league. So I just wanted to point that out there. That's a weird Brody series. Brody and Dumba. It's a, it's a very weird series. Yeah. Brody and Dumba, uh, by the way, top pair, 0. 0.84 expected gold 4%. 0 for 0 in 26 minutes. That was coming in today. Um, and I know the, the Wild lost uh, today as well. Um, uh, and every pair on Vancouver.
0: Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. But I wanted no, to no, give a, a quick shout out to Dumba also for that. Uh, I oh, guess you yeah. called a speech he gave the other day uh, before the game NHL actually doing some Black Lives Matter content, which is uh, a nice change from absolutely saying zero Yeah,
1: but yeah, yeah I was going to say it's non-zero at the moment, which is non-zero. nice, but nice, but nice Dumba, chase, that, change
0: Dumba coming out and getting to say a few words about it and the Hockey Diversity Alliance and all that, that, that was really great
1: yeah, no, it was it was huge, and I thought uh, the gesture by um, I know I'm gonna miss some I forget somebody's name here, but it was Reeves, Laner, Sagan, and I think Dickinson, Jason Dickinson for the Stars took a knee before the uh, Golden Knights stars um, round robin game, and then Laner said something about how it's not an issue of politics, it's human rights, and that's how we have to all like it's kind of the way you got to look at it, and I agree with that too. Yep, and it's uh, it is nice to actually see. On this issue, I wanted to see actually see some white players take an a and actually voice an opinion, and that's nice to see them actually do that because that's kind of been, to me, that's what the whole issue is. So it's nice. The NHL did a little bit of that. I mean, i like to see more, but that's, you know, I, I guess, like you said, it's not zero.
0: It's not which zero. Which is a nice change
1: of pace. It's a nice change of pace. It's you can't zero, do it all at yeah, once, I guess. Better but...
0: than zero. Great.
1: Yeah, better than literally zero. Yeah. So let's, uh, yeah, um, going back to that game. Okay, so uh, you know, Spurs and Suter also have not really been. Spurs and Suter are kind of a pair that they, they just play a ton of minutes, but they're they're down 0 to two in goals, uh, and that's their top four. Like if their top four is going to end up on the wrong side of the goal count, it's not going to go well because Brad Hunt and Carson Susie aren't exactly uh, Susie. anything the right home or bound. <laughs> uh, Galchenyuk though. Definitely still doing good in the NHL. Galchenyuk, uh, Marcus Flano, Matsu Zuccarello, zero for one in goals. Uh, zero goals for, one goal against. 13.16 expected goals for percentage. Man. As the second most used line on Minnesota.
0: Talk about a guy so, who just used to be one of the more respected up-and-coming young players and just bottomed out.
1: You know, I I think Flyers fans for a while are going to look at the top of that 2017 draft and lose their mind, but the top of that 2012 draft, I mean, good lord, that was just a fucking hot mess. It was Yakupov, Ryan Murray, Galchenyuk, Griffin Reinhart, literally anybody you would have wanted on your team for years to come. is Who was at the top of that draft, <laughs> and they just look. And again, that was the year the Flyers took Lawton late like in the first. So I I don't know.
0: And now it's kind of weird. <laughs> it's kind of so weird.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, it's kind of weird to say that Lawton would have the best playoffs out of those like names in 2020. Like, could you imagine in 2012 you're starting to be like, "You're gonna be glad they took in here." Like, yeah, <laughs> you're fucking mind.
0: This two way center, out, which is all the Flyers have.
1: <laughs> this two way center that we don't know a single thing about. Like, I remember doing a bunch of research for that and be like, I don't, "I don't even know who the fuck this guy is." Like, don't have a clue who this guy is.
0: Now he's picking corners. But,
1: now he's picking corners. I'm advocating for him to be the top-line center for years to come and that the Flyers should trade Drew. It's crazy how much I love Scott Lawton now. Uh, looking at, also in that Wild Series, looking at the uh, two main uh, catalysts and I guess the Wilds like cruise to return to the playoffs. They won like a big push for like the last two-thirds of the year. Started off the season pretty poorly in that. Kind of started making waves thanks to Kevin Fiala who had two goals in the first three games of the series. Uh, obviously, he didn't get in today. And then, uh, Alex Stalock who uh, is uh, had a 28 save out in game one, and then did got literally zero goals for today uh, for the Wild. So, um, so the guys are doing fine in Vancouver. Again, Vancouver, I thought the Wild were gonna take the serious. and they still might. But, uh, Vancouver, I mean, if they play, I don't expect them to be a team like the Blues or the uh, the Avalanche. So we'll see. I just don't think they have. I think they're a younger team that has some key parts, but I don't think they have everything there to actually formulate a playoff team that can actually go uh, anywhere. Like, I, think I don't see a them team to worry
0: about in a year or two.
1: Yeah, no, that'd be fine. I, I mean, I can get behind that. Um, and if they clear off contracts, like, if they can get guys like fucking Jay Beagle out of there, and, um, and I know he scored today, but, like, guys like Beagle and Antoine Roussel are, like, not really the answers there in the middle to bottom six that they can figure out. Uh, Benny's got to figure out a way to kind of write a couple of those wrongs. And then, um,
0: still got that Louis yeah, Erickson yeah, contract
1: too, right? And the Louis Erickson contract who had one of the funnier moments in these postseason, where he had a, he was getting a pass for a two on one for a dunk. And then his stick just broke and he ate it. Uh, it wasn't like really his fault, but it was just like, uh, it was just comedic. It was hilarious. It was hilarious to me who doesn't really care about Louie Erickson. Um, so yeah. Uh what other series? Uh, oh oh my god, we didn't talk about Jets Flames. Jets Flames Jets might flames. be one of the more crazy series.
0: The, the game yeah. was about to start uh and it's been great. It's,
1: it's oh it nuts. sucks for the Jets. Matthew could show the jump. Jets
0: have the Jets have had so many injuries.
1: Yeah, and then Shifley got hurt and I believe Line missed game two. I missed game two of that series. Yeah, but like no, Yeah, no, they I, the injuries I bet
0: on the flames because that's all I think he missed two games of uh, that series, lining. Yeah, yeah, okay. But I saw Shifley yeah, so lining around, and I'm like, "Well, that's they're not winning that." Oh boy,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Because once they put, once Shifley came out, which I don't know how you feel about that play. I, I don't know. I think that's kind of hard to pin on a guy for being dirty, but then at the same time, it feels like Kachuk is the master, or will become the master of pulling off those types of
0: plays. I'm trying so, to take the the title uh, from Gennady Malkin.
1: Mm, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So I'm not gonna.
0: Hawkins not a dirty player. Like to, keeps huh? doing dirty things.
1: <laughs> he keeps missing his punches. Yeah, that's all it comes down to. Yeah, you see, he is dirty. He just he's bad at being dirty. Is really what the problem is. If he was good, if he was better at being dirty, he would have been suspended a bunch by now. <laughs> uh, but uh, so safely going being out dirty, though.
0: Dirty. His name would be Darius Hmm. <laughs> Fucking
1: Darius uh Oh, Andrew being on the top line. Yeah, that's not gonna fucking work. You can't go from Schliefer to Cop no, on the top no, line and expect you the same type of, deal. yeah. And um, but really, Matthew Chuck is. I mean, he's put his fingerprints all over this series. He was in their heads in Game One. Uh, he's been a force on offense too, and I really think he's. Uh, I really think he's just kind of taking control of the series. And also, Hallie hasn't really been. Uh, himself. I mean, game three, he was pretty sure they gave five goals, 31 shots with a, real, a couple of real laughers. So like he, that was the whole thing for the Jets. That's why I picked the Jets was, it was going to come, I thought it was going to come down to just how well Helly Buck played. Nobody anticipates injuries, but, uh, Helly Buck, uh, yeah, did not, is not playing the way he needed to play if the Jets Want to have a chance. And, um, Looking at the, uh, I, I do want to talk about the Flames goaltending real quick though, because Steve, there's a guy in there. I don't know if you heard of him, Cam Talbot. Two one zero in this series, nine twenty four save percentage. Yeah, Carter, best friend and mentor. And uh, as I was told last year, uh, sucked ass and was clearly worse than Anthony Stolarz. Uh, Anthony Stolarz, I believe, at home eating a uh philly shaped pretzel uh, wherever he's living right now uh cam Tabitha, though, has his team in a uh, in the lead in a playoff series i uh, just wanted to point that out we it just again it, it, sometimes i gotta point things out uh i feel like i don't do that enough i point out i, I call See, a I lot of shit heard about this. get a lot of shit right guess a lot of stuff right i just don't i just don't go back and blow myself publicly enough for people <laughs> to realize that i've gotten a lot of these so i'm gonna start doing that everybody's busted me for uh, saying out was fine. Maybe being a back of the chair wouldn't have been the only world. Uh nine twenty four save 3 games. Just saying. Just letting you know that again, I'm right in my so hey, analysis. Just pulling that out.
0: Brian Moose Elliott won a game for the Flyers today against the Washington Capitals, so no, no complaints. There you go. There.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah, again, I'm, I think I'm fine with Elliott being it the guy. All I just all uh, what Yeah, it all worked out fine. It absolutely did.
0: Yeah. Well, Craig, the one thing I have to ask you is What's the sound of a player annoying the shit out of a team into taking bad time? Games? <laughs> K-chuk,
1: K-chuk. He really is. K-chuk. He is fucking I'll tell you what. He's a pretty important player for the football. like I knew he was good, but I didn't like he he's really getting to the Jets at times. He really does make his presence known. And he also uh he also does a little bit of scoring, he can do a little bit of everything. So he's a pretty uh he's a pretty ridiculous player for them. But uh Flames, uh yeah. Flames, flames in that series now. I guess is the way it's going to go. The Jets, I really yeah. do like Paul Maurice. Does deserve a little bit of recognition for that team. I guess what would, they would have technically been missing the playoffs, but again, they had half their defense leave, and they they had to deal with an injury to Brian Little all season long. And Paul Maurice was able to, with the help of Cal- Connor Hallibuck was able to make that team almost a borderline playoff team, which uh, I think I think that says a little something about his coaching. Yeah. Yeah, gotta give them some credit for
0: that. I'd say so. What I will not be giving credit to oh, baby. are some of these team hashtags. Yeah,
1: basically. there we go. There these we go. These are not all great. These are not these good.
0: Are not all great. I don't I'm want gonna to... run through them real quick yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we can just pick out select highlights because most ones. of these are are bland and whatever. But, <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Arizona Coyotes. Hell yeah. And actually Boston Bruins either NHL Bruins or still hungry, because sure, why not? Yeah, we yeah. win all the fucking time, we still want to win. Carolina Hurricanes, let's go Canes. Columbus Blue Jackets, CBJ. Uh, Calgary Flames, Flames, great. Chicago, all for one. Okay. Ooh, exciting You're the Musketeers now? I hope you changed <laughs> your name. Uh Colorado Avalanche, go Avs go. Sure. Dallas Stars, go Stars. Great. Edmonton Oilers, let's go Oilers. Terrific florida panthers fly panthers should be Panthers like tim panaccio used to call them minnesota wild mn wild great montreal Canadiens, go habs go i'm fine with that uh nashville predators for smashville fine yeah, border and islanders islanders game on terrible rangers no quit in new york <laughs> they should game sweep Philadelphia Flyers, anytime, anywhere. My God. Pittsburgh Penguins, let's go Pens. Terrible. Go eat coleslaw. Uh, (laughs) St. Louis Blues, STL Blues. Terrible. Go hang out under the arch. Tampa Bay Lightning, (laughs) go Bolts. Terrific. Toronto, leaves forever. Guess what? You're the only team I can make fun of for not winning a cup in a long time. Oh, baby. Vancouver Canucks, Canucks. What is a Canuck? Who knows? vegas golden knights vegas born not many people uh washington capitals all caps they've been using that one for years buy something original uh winnipeg jets go jets go oh i've heard that already
1: all right so wait isn't canucks just like a canadian
0: yeah i guess uh, like stupid. a
1: lumberjack or something and then uh vegas yeah, born uh bryce harper anybody you ever hear of a guy it's him pretty much him
0: he was born he was born on a roulette <laughs> just him uh, what do I like here
1: Halia like so I, like I was going to say there's only a couple creative ones it's All Oliver uh, one technically is creative it's dumb uh, but it's creative I guess for the Blackhawks uh, for Smashville I mean that is I do like like I guess that actually is a good hashtag and considering the rest of the, the NHL ones that might be top five here uh, Game On and No clear New York is
0: a... oh uh, yeah so Game On terrible dumb no quit in New York I mean it's funny. if it was the Islanders and they still exclusively played in Brooklyn it could be no sleep till Brooklyn but well,
1: oh they should have done that they sh- one of them sh- I mean the Rangers should even had one they should have been like three games and back to the train station That should have been their <laughs> should have been their hashtag and they just uh... should have
0: been bread man save us <laughs>
1: <laughs> also I will say this about anytime anywhere for the Flyers this came out after they already chose hub cities so like it's not, it's literally not anywhere. It's Toronto and Like, that's the only, there's two locations. You're not going to keep beating teams wherever it's going to be. Like, I get the idea behind it, but it's not, it's not anywhere. It's,
0: I think I tweeted this at Bill when it first came out, and I was like, it sounds like a line from an 80s movie at like a bar bra. <laughs> somebody's like, oh, you want to fight, bro? And he comes up, he's like, anytime, anywhere.
1: <laughs> that's what the flyers should just roll into that. They should have like, a bunch of the team at a bar, and then just Kevin Hayes rolls up in shades. He's like, oh, yeah? Anytime, anywhere. And then he just, like, drops a puck. And he's
0: got to flip up the collar on his leather jacket.
1: <laughs> and it's, like, one of those really obnoxious collars that, like, every D-bag in an 80s movie had before they walked out of he's the, like a the bar with the... Yeah, exactly. Put his yeah. arm around the house, girl, at the bar, and then he's like, yeah, anytime, anywhere. Like, yeah, anytime, anywhere. Like, Let's go, boys. And then he just turns, and the whole, Let's go, boys. whole team just follows him out. Yeah, That, that, sounds, about, that seems, sounds about right. I, uh, I I want hungry for more. I think uh, I think oh, we're back with a vengeance for a cup. You know, one of those shitty old flyers hashtags
0: Philadelphia a... Tea Party. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> just just steal other t- like other cities. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's better than Clutch Time. Like Clutch Time, still the, my favorite terrible one. It was so. I bad. don't
1: really I like this one stuff. either. Honestly, I don't know. I... Oh
0: no! It's it's not good. It's not good. They tried. I feel like, like the after, Fly or Die was better.
1: I yeah. Well, I mean, like yeah, they couldn't really keep going with that. Yeah, I know. But tried, like they, it was,
0: it wasn't great, but it was better than this. Yeah, I, no, I
1: agree. It was better than this. But I was gonna say to the so, point of Oscar, they could have just gone with for Oscar, couldn't they? I don't know. Right. It could have been. I would. I would be more fucking pumped if I saw that in a million times a day. <laughs> or like something like Oscar's Run or some bullshit. Like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm spitballing here, Steve. I'm just throwing out you, ideas. You are spitballing. Yeah, I'm just yeah, eh, workshopping just throwing it. it out there. Yeah.
0: So, hell yeah, clear winner here.
1: I think so. I really do. Uh, the rest of them look kind of uh, not great. But yeah, because. Uh, NHL bland. Yeah, I mean, Dater's right. And uh, again. Not to point out the Oilers here, but let's go Oilers. I'm thinking McDavid was in the room for that. And that just screams bland. So if you want, <laughs> I'm just saying, you want to turn things around. The main thing everybody in Edmonton it should focus on. is It wasn't pumped that oil. <laughs> oil ties me, Captain. It wasn't anything like that. It was just fucking, yeah. <laughs> just uh, let's go Oilers. No, that's uh, that's all the, uh, all the hashtags. I don't Why is it? There. Wait.
0: Why isn't the Oilers just "I drink your milkshake," right? Because he was an oil man. <laughs> and there will be blood.
1: Because because uh, we don't run the social media team for Edmonton.
0: I really if we right. started, like, yeah. I would just be making milkshake references left and right if I was the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> it's just showing clips of like, just showing the clip of Paul Dano getting beat to death by a bowling pin, like just you know, where you superimpose like the other team's <laughs> logo on there. I drink your all It's the Chicago Black. I Puch drink it up. Woman. Yeah, it's just great. Oh, Dano Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's
1: okay. a great strategy. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh my God. Yeah. We're, well, I'll, we'll I'll, I'll talk to the lawyers about that. See what they can do about changing the hashtag now. I'll say, I don't know. They might not change it because the postseason already started, but I'll show them this clip of the pod and we'll see what they say. They're, I don't know. Right, yeah, they, they listen. I'm Everything Oilers. listen to the show. Listen. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully they'll be listening in September when we'll be doing a podcast, possibly after uh, Oscar Lindblom's return to action. Uh, because according to Hockey's Vierge... I don't, I don't know how to say that. Uh, this was highlighted or translated by Alexander Appleyard from uh, The Athletic. Uh, Lindblom has been training with Brinness, uh IF in the SHL, and he'll be flying to Canada tomorrow, or today when you're listening, to join the Flyers. Uh, hashtag in the bubble. So... And uh, via John Clark, A.V. said, I was told he would be able to play in September. I guess we got to get to September. So it sounds like Limblom is been practicing more regularly now. He's not going to be joining the team immediately, but it sounds like if the Flyers stay around long enough, he might be able to play later in the postseason. Which, again, all things considered is hashtag hell yeah, baby. Hashtag re-sign Taylor Hall. Hashtag I'm glad Limblom's coming back. Uh that's but I Hashtag
0: think... Glendale Forever. <laughs>
1: uh yeah, and I fucking can't play with them But yeah, Limblom coming back will be a huge I mean that's I again just and I know this is a little bit of a elongated season, but just to be diagnosed with cancer and then be able to play later in that season at any point is uh pff. Pretty nuts. Would be a pretty remarkable story. And, uh, again, just happy he's, even at this point, like, in his, well, recovery now. And uh, just, uh, I don't know what to say. It really is just insane that he's been able to come this far. And hopefully, uh, for the Flyers' sake, he is actually going to play in some games in September because that means they are still alive and well in the postseason. So we'll see how that all plays out uh and if we had to take somebody Basketball. if we had to take somebody in the lineup nate thompson that's gonna be my choice right there i'll do it right now but well that's all uh
0: i don't know about that craig he's the most pivotal did score a
1: goal did score that goal can't argue did, that i couldn't believe that I, I still can't, I believe, can't it. believe it either uh oh. but you know it is what it is and uh let's say uh, you want to get the fuck out of here do around the league and then call it a day. gonna uh let's jet Let's... see.
0: Why isn't that the Jets? Let's jet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, see? They're really... I mean, it's just hockey being bland. Everybody's being bland. Especially Connor McDavid. Like, Connor McDavid's got to spice it. That's probably what it is. Let's blame it all on Connor McDavid. If he was more exciting, the rest of the league would be exciting. Because, again, when Crosby was the face of uh, the league... Everybody, Everybody was tuning was in. in. He was doing magic tricks, staring into missions. Uh, they were have People fans just coming on. To play. Mail this. over their
0: heads to celebrate yeah, wins.
1: It was a bananas time in the NHL, and I missed those days. Now everything's boring with all the goal scoring and the speed and the David highlights every night. It's like, good God, Jesus Christ. Anyway, Django Blarson stayed in Anaheim two years, $1.2 million a season. He had 11 points in 60 games for the Ducks this season, his uh, second NHL season. Former capital and current piece of shit Brendan Leipsic, signed with SCKA Moscow and the KHL, was released from the Caps after comments he made in group text back in whatever month you choose from quarantine. I think it was April.
0: I think that's when all that came I can't believe C-Ska is willing to bring him pick on. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Such a happy-go-lucky group. yeah,
1: mean, yeah, well, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. They yeah they're i mean the khl yeah that's uh feels fitting that he's going over there uh, playing the khl so uh according to a uh, friend friend of the show greg wachinski uh 2020-21 ahl all-star game has been canceled and the 2022 ahl all-star classic will be held in lava mm-hmm. uh the home of the uh, canadians ahl team uh doug's goalie prospect
0: origin of the uh lavalier microphone
1: of course yeah i almost i nearly said and lava a lot of people don't a lot of people forget that. Lava That's right.
0: all comes from lava. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like champagne. Yeah, it's a huge export Only for Canada. Only true lava comes from lava. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's, we can't – nobody fact check this. Uh, and then uh, goalie, Anaheim goalie prospect uh, Lucas Dostal uh, has been loaned to Ills in the Liga for the 2021 NHL-era Liga season. Uh, there you go. Now you know that. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers' 2010 seventh-round draft pick Brendan Ramford will play for H.C. Sloven. Bratislava in Slovakia's Tipsport Liga next season. The winger had 23 points in 29 games with Mora IK in the Alzbenskens in a 2019-20. Never played in the NHL. A former wild forward, Zach. At
0: least not in real life. Uh, he's part of Steve Chico's Oh,
1: you turned that seventh? Okay. All right, that's fair.
0: I turned that seventh into a middle six winger, thank you.
1: I was going to say, I think the last time I fucked around with like any kind of franchise when I got bored was like... I think it was for 2017, and they had Taylor Lear. Man, they had they had Taylor Lear on like the step trajectory. Like they had Taylor Lear on like the top six. Like he was going to be, yeah. and then he just yeah, not whatever the hell. He's Taylor Lear. Yeah, he's Taylor Lear. <laughs> so, uh, former Minnesota Wild forward Zach Mitchell will play for Dynamo Riga in the KHL next season. Uh, last played in the NHL in 2017-18. Uh, and then last but not least, Jan Halavik's Exciting! I'll play for BK Novapaka in the Czech Republic's Two Liga, which is their third uh, tier of hockey, pro hockey over there in the Czech Republic. The soon to be 44 year old had 55 points in 30 games uh, in a, with another team in the Two Liga this last season. So uh, Jan Halavik's still alive and out there playing organized hockey and almost put up two <laughs> points a game <laughs> in some kind of league. Which I don't know. At that point, if I was getting like worked by a former NHL or by that much, I don't know. I think it's time to figure out a new job. That's just, just one man's opinion. That's just my I think opinion. He's living the dream. Yeah, he might be living the dream, actually. He's living the dream. I don't know if his opponents are.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's,
1: <laughs> that's it, though, Steve. I got uh, well, you know, wrapping it up.
0: That's hot.
1: Done around the league. ATL is over, baby. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh folks that's all we got for you if you have any feedback for us the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca you can reach craig at sports are bad yep and
1: i will have out uh since we're doing this a little bit earlier i should have out that article on the flyers goals from the uh the win today out tomorrow if not i'll put them out i guess on saturday maybe we'll put it out on monday but uh Friday, like tomorrow, you should see the breaking down the goals for this Flyers Caps game, and then Monday you should see breaking down the goals from the uh, Flyers Lightning game. And if I have extra time tonight, I might do a little bit more on uh, NAK. Oh no, no, I think Ryan's writing about NAK therapy so I'll write about. I'll, I'll figure out something else. Uh, the, the the content's coming, folks. I figured out gifts, so there should be a lot more uh, rewatching the tape, like all the stuff that I wanted to do with the line by line shit earlier in the year and was taking all the time in the world and took too much time, that was because I was going back and rewriting everything that happened in games and losing my mind. Uh, and it's a lot easier to just go back and show a three-second GIF and then be like, all right, so this is what I'm talking about. So hopefully a lot more of the, like, the film breakdown is going to be coming here and I can start getting more into that shit. So that's uh, keep an eye out on that is what I'm saying. All right.
0: All right. All right. Good stuff. All good stuff,
1: yeah the best stuff right, i'd say that's right, right. it it's it pretty best damn good stuff.
0: stuff there's never been better stuff than this stuff yeah it's uh, like snapple you can reach me at f yeah like snapple yeah the best the best stuff life. on earth yeah. and craig got fun facts for you too. <laughs> actually you yeah <laughs> yeah uh you can reach me at flyperbole or at esteban but for your hockey needs please make it flyperbole follow bsh radio follow broad street hockey so many great podcasts coming out for you guys all that tangy tent we will be back with more Fly Purpley next week. Flyers forecast at the beginning of the week. All sorts of great stuff. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there. Wear your goddamn mask for the love of God. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, 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 wow 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 wow
1: wow 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 Where? wow 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 hello everybody this is fly perbole it is a podcast about hockey mostly the flyers but also Love other hockey, hockey things, things. Like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Flop,